Peace, family. Welcome back to the Brother Ben X podcast, man. If you just now tuning in to the podcast, my name is Brother Ben X, man. I'm a student of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, and I also speak on black issues. I speak on issues. I have interviews and shows that's going to help you out in your life. If you would like to support me, you can go to Cash App and donate at dollar sign Brother Ben X or PayPal paypal.me slash brother ben x thank you all for watching get ready for a fire episode peace the thing that i I wanted to do that i felt that helped me was i changed my surroundings Uh, because i'm originally from richmond virginia and I started going back into the mosque at the Richmond Mosque, which is Muhammad Mosque number 24. Um, but my wife had wanted to move to Atlanta, Georgia. So I said, let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, so I, I really feel like I was able to change my circumstance because of the environmental change. So I didn't have a lot of the um, comfortabilities or the conveniences that I would have had at home because I had moved somewhere that was totally different. I didn't have a lot to lean on. So I really had to make sure that I was on my P's and Q's and then, you know, just applying everything that I was learning and the teachers and just getting more in depth, getting more in depth, connecting the dots and things of that nature allowed me to really make a a whole 180 degree change uh, for where I was um, before. So I really feel like that was part of it, you know, changing my surroundings and realizing that my actions are what contributed to my state of chaos. So my actions now, and as um, brother was saying, brother Maniki was saying how those, the <laughs> teachers and the principals, I don't know if I said that right. Y'all got to help me out. But the, t- the teaching and the principals allow you to transform it into an everyday uh, everyday thing that allows you now to have an aura of peace around. So I think that's a pretty good segue for my brother to come on. I'm going to just say Brother Dawoo. <laughs> is it, is it, is it brother, brother Monica? M- Manu- Man- uh, Monica. Yes, sir. Brother Ben got it right. All right. Oh, okay. Muni, like Muni, like like Moo, like the cow, me, like the knee, and Kai, like um in Deep Space Nine, the spiritual people in Deep Space Nine, the Kai's. So okay. Manikai. But Manikai. but Dawood is fine as well. Mm-hmm. And um and Brother King Cam is interesting because you sound that when you're opening, it was very similar to my own opening. Mm. Your third generation FOI, third generation in the nation. I grew up in the nation. I went to Muhammad's mosque, you know, um number thirty two, the school of the nation prior to seventy five. And when the nation fell, I went to public school. And when the rising of the nation first started, I'm blessed to say I'm one of those brothers who was like, when the first, when the minister would come to town to town and make little cells, mm. I was there. I'm, I was at the study groups and I was always had an attraction to the light or to what's right as a child. So I grew up seeing all of those things. But, and as a teenager like you, I went away. You know, went off into doing my thing. I was one of those, um, you know, we're, we are the world kind of people. And what happened to me was when I moved away to the University of Arizona in Tucson, you know, I was doing the best I could. But 
it was like obstacles were coming up. My studies weren't right. Money wasn't going right. And nothing I did was working. So what happened was in my third year of university, I had, for lack of a term, an emotional breakdown. I was failing school, in debt, and everything. And the thing that helped me was I recognized I was in trouble because I do not drink alcohol. I never liked it, never knew why people did it. But I was so stressed that I desired, I, the thought entered my mind, the thought to why don't I go get a six pack of beer and drink every can? Wow. And when I had, when, when the thought entered into my mind, I knew I was in trouble because that is not something that is normal for me. So it was the, it was recognizing that thought that told me that I was in trouble. And then what I did was no one around me, in fact, the people who were around me, they scattered. So I was literally alone and I was that bitter, angry person. And what I did is I went for a run. I just went out for a jog and I was in a relationship with a young lady, wasn't working out. And I just started speaking out loud into the atmosphere. I started unburdening my mind by just speaking out loud. I didn't have a anyone to talk to, so it was like I was just to give myself an object, I gave it the name, okay, I'll call it a lot. Now remember at the time I didn't believe I wasn't a practicing Muslim, but I just knew from growing up I called the person I was speaking to a lot. But you can call it whatever you want, higher power, Jesus, whatever. And the thing that happened for me was as I was running and just, just talking about my problems in my life, I got an answer. And the answer was something that I did not want. To. The course of action I was told was let the girl go, let her go. That was diametrically opposed to my mind. The course of action to take is something that you don't want to do. So I had to wrestle for five days with that thought. But once I made the decision to break off the relationship with that young woman, it sent me back home to Phoenix and my mother, Sister Vincy, started, basically I went on a, just feeding on the healing properties of certain parts of the Bible. And when I got spiritually strong enough, I started reading the books of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad every day. And I started incorporating what I call my breakfast. I would do my prayers and do my studies. And that rebuilt my spiritual and mental mind to the point where I could go back to school. And I eventually, even though I was born in the Nation of Islam, I also wrote my letter to rejoin the Nation of Islam, not as a legacy, but I went through the process and processing. And that formed my foundation. And then also, just to try to keep it brief, another time when I was in chaos was when the March 11th earthquake and disaster happened in 2011, when that big earthquake happened in Japan and the nuclear reactors were melting down. And I was here. And it was prayer. And focusing all my attention on the God and then listening to the inner voice for guidance that got myself and my traveling companions out of harm's way. And so I'm going to like stop talking right now to let Brother Ben take back over if there's any other questions on that, because there are things that I'm not saying at this moment because I don't want to take up all the time. But yes, these are the two big moments in my life that were in chaos that Almighty God brought me out of. And I've learned lessons 
from those situations. Yeah, what I want to talk about is both of you talked about leaving the nation. Well, not necessarily leaving, but, you know, going off. Uh, you started in the Nation of Islam. And I know there are young people listening, and there may even be older people that are listening. And they may feel the same way. Because uh, I find that a lot of people who are born into the Nation of Islam find their way leaving somehow at some point in their life in their lifetime. And I talked about before, I really can see the value of the teachings because I wasn't born in it. I came up Baptist, so I came up not knowing anything about knowledge itself, not knowing anything about God being within, not knowing anything about the real allegory and parables of the scripture. So when I saw this, I'm like, man, man, everybody should be in this. Man, this is so attractive. And so what I find is people who are born into it, it's almost like when we say opposites attract, maybe I wonder if people who are born in the nation, the opposite is attracting in reverse. So for you guys, what do you all think um, deep down was one of the reasons that caused you to uh, end up leaving being that you already had it? Like we know it's thousands of people who looking for this, but you was born into it. What made you leave? And then what was it that said, man, I got to come back? What was it for you guys? Go ahead, Brother King Cam. Yes, sir. Uh, well, for me, speaking from, my, speaking from my personal experience, what you said was that is exactly right. Mm. It was the opposite track pulling, you know, working in reverse. So, because you grew up in this, it was a need or attraction to see what else was out there. And most nation babies, if not all nation babies, are exactly the same way. So when you mentioned the fact that because you wasn't in this, you were so heavily attracted to it. Peace, family. Thank you for checking out the Brother Ben X podcast. Many people are wondering... What can I do now since digital real estate closed on October the 1st? I still want to learn how to make money on social media. I still want to learn how to market and I still want to learn how to build my brand. Well, there's one more way that you can do it. It's a couple ways, but I want to tell you all about the ABS tribe. The ABS tribe is weekly coaching every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and Friday for only $50 a month. If you are looking for accountability, if you're looking for a group of people that's willing to inspire you, help you out, support you, encourage you, you want to get inside of our ABS tribe because every Tuesday and Thursday, me and Brother Jake or one of our more top million dollar friends or six-figure friends are on teaching you every single week. If you want to join the ABS tribe, go to www.whatisabstribe.com. www.whatisabstribe.com. Com. The same thing happens when you end this. You don't see the value. The what? same way you say that you saw the value. When you kind of submerged in it from birth, you don't necessarily notice the value. Mm. And go out into the world. And then all the chaos is around you and everything that you was taught, everything that was put in front of you. You know, when you reflect on the things that's a message to the black man and the rest of the books by the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, the lectures from the honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, listening to what he said at the Million Man March, you see these things playing out as you were out there and you like, whoa, the foundation was laid. And see, this is how this is how masterful the God is, because see, he'll lay the foundation and then allow you to go astray. 
And then as circumstances arise, you see and start to lean back on that foundation. You're like, whoa, I've seen this somewhere before. Or this was presented to me at, a, at another time, whereas I can see the importance of it now. So for me, I was, uh, like I said, I was doing street team promotions. I was doing music and hip hop. So I was in the club and stuff every night, but not as entertainment, but as working and things of that nature. So learning about the music business already was connecting me back into what the minister was talking about when you talk about, you know, who run the hip hop, the hip hop police, all of that kind of stuff. So I was already in that direction. But then as I got more into the community aspect of it, speaking out on certain issues, dealing with the black community, attending different events and meetings, you understand what I'm saying? Getting into the politics of it, because I actually did a campaign in Richmond uh, for the mayor race, you know, so sitting down with uh, with politicians and, and seeing how the bourgeoisie um, of our community operate, how the enemy co- uh, is operating in our community, trying to use talking points and trying to uh, trigger us for votes and things of that nature, witnessing all of this stuff, it compelled in me a quickening of the spirit to want to be able to do something. So as in the process of doing that, I thought about trying to create my own organization based on the Nation of Islam and principles from the Black Panther Party. I had it written, I had it written all out. <laughs> till I sat down one day and I said, now, why am I going to try and reinvent the wheel when I can just go and be a part of something that's already in full effect? Mm. So, and then the other part of that was me also seeing young brothers in the nation because my grandfather was uh, 70 something years old. So I seen a lot of the, the brothers in the first that was still, you know, moving around in the nation and stuff like that. Maybe older brothers that was in their 60s and things like that. But I didn't see no youth. Check this out, Brother Dawood. I didn't see no youth until I seen Brother Ben. Praise be to I didn't Allah. see no youth until I seen Brother Rizzo. And then I said, whoa, these brothers standing up like that? Because like I, I was standing up typing my posts on Facebook and stuff like that, but these brothers were standing up speaking. I, I'm not ready to speak yet, but I was typing it out. But I seen these brothers representing the minister, going hard, you know, with the teachers and, and really standing up. I'm like, wow. I'm like, the nation got young brothers like that? Oh, I threw my blueprint on what I had away. <laughs> and I'm going down um, to Muhammad Mars 24 and get my mind right. I need to join the winning team. You understand what I'm saying? Because we got we to gotta go after our people. You know, the basics of a FOY. Oh, the sole purpose of a FOY. You know, I think that's uh, I think that's very important, man, because uh, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, you know, he said that if I took a picture of this whole room and uh, if I and I showed you the picture, the first person you would look for is yourself. So I think that's why it's so important for us all to get involved, man, and not run away from this mission, because you are important by just being yourself. So just right. me being young and doing what I'm doing, just Brother Reza being young, Malcolm Flex, et cetera. Everybody out there, they say, well, man, I want to get on with that, man, because I can see myself being in that. But when it look like it's all older folks, when it look like it's all okay, these seasoned people, then they can kind of, you know, well, I'm not old or maybe I'm not smart enough. And so I think that's uh, I, I think that's very uh, that's very powerful. And I think 
it is a very it's a microcosm of the macrocosm to even why some people I believe not even taking the step to be businessmen or to do the proper things to get the peace that the brother is speaking about because I never seen nobody look like me that got this type of peace. See, my mama, I'm used to them arguing. I'm used to being on welfare. I'm used to food stamps. I'm used to, you know, living check to check. So I don't see myself living like that. So I'm not even going to take the proper steps to even move in the direction to get this type of peace. So, uh, brother Munikai, right? <laughs> Munikai. Munikai. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. It's a- it's okay, brothers. Uh, I've been I've been doing this for a while, so it's all good. <laughs> yes, sir. But just to um go back to what your the, your original question of you see many people who were born in the nation and leaving, and this is the value of the scriptures, in my opinion. Even to people who say you know they don't want to say, well, the Bible is this, and the Bible is that, and I don't believe it. Fine. There's principles, even if you don't believe the book, there are principles in there that if you study them will give you answers. And the principle I want to draw from is the prodigal son story that mm. we know of Jesus in the Bible. Mm. It's a, the story itself is compacted into a very short story. We know the, the father has sons and one of the sons goes off and we all know that story. The boy goes off, hangs out, mm. times get tough. Right. But the thing about that story is that story takes place over years, but it's compacted into a little, it's compacted into a short story. And so what Brother King Cam just articulated about his story was the same thing happened to me. When you are, when you grow up around, when you grow up in something like the nation of Islam and, you know, you're doing the best you can, but eventually you start to either go to public school or because when you start going to public school, you start running into thoughts and ideas that seem contrary, that seem contrary to what you were raised in. Mm. So I went to public school. And so there began this like idea. like, wait a minute. You mean we got to be separated from these people and we should have our own, but I'm going to their school and, and something. And people are actually being nice to you who you've been talking to like, wait a minute, these people, why are they smiling? Mm. Why, why are you actually being a, why are you being a friend to me when you, by everything you've been taught, saying that these people don't want, don't want anything to do with you? So that sets up a conflict in the mind of a young person, especially a young person. But the beautiful thing is that Brother King Cam said is that it's the foundation when the foundation is properly laid, which is the story of the prodigal son, the found, when the foundation is laid, what happens is that foundation becomes like a seed. And that seed eventually gets buried in the soil of civilization. You start going out and going to the club. You start, if you're a male, you know, you start, quote unquote, getting involved with women and such and such. And you're hanging out with your homeboys. Therefore, the foundation of Islam that you had starts being buried, covered mm. in the darkness of energy of life. But if you give your children that foundation, then eventually what happens is when almighty, like the saying goes, you can plant a seed, you can water it, give it sunlight, but only Allah, God, can make it grow. When you lay the foundation properly, 
then the circumstances of life will, for lack of a better term, pull, will beat up on you. You start having those problems, eventually you start reaching out for help and you start coming, start remembering what you were taught as a child. And that's what happened to me. All the things I tried to do, all the people who I thought were my friends, all the people who were around me when times were good, it didn't, it's, they scattered. I was alone. No one would talk to me. And in that moment, that's when Almighty God Allah shows up. It's like, I've been, I'm still here. I've been waiting and watching. It's like being, it's like, um, how can I put it? It's like, He's been sitting back with his arms crossed waiting. Oh, you still go, you still running? Okay, I'll wait until those circumstances get to the point where you are totally broken down. And that is what the prodigal son story to teach us. If you are a parent, you can give your child the Islam, lay the foundation. Just know that depending on the circumstances, if your child starts to quote unquote go astray, they don't want to go to the mosque anymore. They don't want now that's that us stuff, you know, that's that's dead. I'm a new person. I'm in a new civilization now. Oh, you think so? Don't get discouraged as a parent. You just oh, oh you think so. Okay, you uh, okay, you got five, ten years to let it all hang out. I'll I'll if if I'm blessed to be alive, I'll be here. You sometimes the child has to actually go out to learn to appreciate what they have. Because when everything that you tr they try, this world will take it away from them and then you'll be left with nothing. And then you'll see, find Allah, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, Honorable Louis Farrakhan, Nation of Islam, and black people who care about you sitting there waiting, being like, are you, and not in a colloquial way, they'll be like, are you finished running yet? Oh, you still want to run? Go ahead. No, I'm tired of running. Then. You get the product, the part of the prodigal son story where he wants to come home and God goes out to meet you where you are. You might be still drinking, but Allah is with you and will draw you back home. And the thing that's interesting, Brother Ben, is that under those circumstances, that believer, that person actually in some respects has an advantage over people who maybe didn't leave because they have the experience, mm. life experience of having been in the nation, left, seen the value, and come back. And so now they're better able to relate to newer brothers and sisters who are coming in, or they're able to say, you know what, I'm not, that life does no longer attracts me anymore. Why? Because I lived it. I tried to find fault in the teachings of the nation of Islam and I got a, now a story that I can prove from life experience why those of you in the family, it ain't worth it. Those of you who are coming in, I understand because I've been through that circumstance, therefore you're better able to relate. If you only have people in the nation who grew up in the nation, then in truth, they may not be able to relate to the brothers, new brother, sister who's coming in, their life experience. There has to be some brothers and sisters who got the right foundation, went went away, and then come back so they can help the new people who, oh, man, I was on drugs. Brother, I know. I, I may be in the nation now, but I went away and was on drugs. 
I feel you. I got you. Or some it's the same thing. So they're actually, I believe, this is me personally talking, there's a certain, the teachings have a certain built-in segment of us who may be born in, go away, and come back. So we'll have the experience. So we'll be able to be able to relate to the new brothers and sisters who are coming in. So that's just me talking. Brother Nunika, I want to ask you a question. Assalamu alaikum. Well, salam, ma'am. How are you doing? Uh, I too am my nation, baby. <laughs> and, and away into the world. And Allah saw me fit to bring me back into the realities of the teaching and the truth within the teaching. And so I, my question for you was um, when you quote unquote left the nation, did you ever denounce the teachings? Did you ever believe that they weren't true? No, ma'am. That I never did. I never denounced the teachers. It was more or less a case of, you know, like t- think of it, the teenager who mom and dad are trying to get to say, go to the mosque. Mom, dad, you know, uh, I don't denounce the teachings, but just the life of school that you're living, the friends, you're, the quote unquote friends you're around. It has, a, it's more magnetic. And as a young man growing up, you know, I was growing up at the time when, you know, mini skirts was new. And so coming being a nation baby and suddenly I'm seeing females uncovered, that's you start wondering why is that? And that begins a psychological attraction. But I never denounced the teachings. I just didn't practice. I was just a person who was non-practicing. But so when I went to university, I had my um I don't believe I had my books with me because I just was non-practicing. I was not a person who prayed to a law, didn't, you know, but like, you know, I heard, you know, mom would play the teachings and stuff. That's did cool, you, that's fine. Yeah. Yes, sir. Did you say that you were in it, when were, you, were you in it before the fall of 1975? I was a child in the, I was a child growing up. I was born in 1971. I remember, I remember distinctly going to Muhammad University of Islam off of Buckeye Road in Phoenix, Arizona, going to the nation school. I remember when Brother Muhammad Ali came and gave autographs. So I, I, I'm, I was a child, but mm-hmm. these are memories I have. I can walk you. I remember with the suit and bow tie. Mom and dad are believers in everything. So when the nation fell in mm-hmm. 1975, I saw as a child, the change. And I remember it distinctly, how everything changed. And then when the nation started to come back in 19, when the minister repaired in 1977. I'm so sorry. I don't want you to leave that yet because for me, that's always um, so interesting for me is the fall and how some of the people, my mother came in in 1974. And so when that happened, she stayed within it. You know how some people branched off and went and continued to ride with um, Worth Dean. And then some were like, "Mm, these teachings don't sound quite right. Um, I got to go. Uh, What happened with your parents and how did they navigate through that time before minister came back and work back the teachings. My family, um, if you, if for those of you who may not be familiar with that time period, that was you know, Black Power and you know, nineteen seventy five, seventy to seventy seven or seventy eight. It was a case of just we were just Black folk who were just trying to make it, 
the best way we could. Disco was in, lots of parties. Some people smoked weed, but you know we. But there was not, there was no Muslim community per se for those of us who didn't, for those people who did not follow Imam Warthuddin. My parents tried, but it was like we just, it just wasn't flowing. But because we were in Mosque Thirty Two, there was still um, some remnants of people who would get together from time to time. But even then, the Muslims, we there was no, there was no family of Muslims. It was just individuals who, you know, they got together and talked about how the good old days were or um, how's life going. But no one was actively that that I can remember now was active. You know, Islam was gone unless you were following Imam Warathuddin, who had become the big man. So, you know, there were people who had practiced Islam, but there was no family and community of Muslims. That's what I'm trying to say. My my and, quick my quick question is what was the transition? Like was it like an immediate I'm out? Was it a slowly but surely believers started to leave? Did everybody just take a quick transfer toward Dean? How was that how how did how did it the fall actually happen? Well when you have you go into the mosque and then you see the chairs removing and your people are sitting on carpet. And you take down the name, you take down the image, you take down the flag, um, the FOI uniforms, you don't have to wear that anymore. The M, um, there were sisters who were wearing the, the MGT garment then that threw it in the trash. And um, there were um, some people said, and I quote, this is not, I didn't, some people said, and I quote, um, I lived my life for Elijah Muhammad. Now I'm going to live my life for me, close quote. So there was, there was the sense that all that we had worked for, all that we had sacrificed for, all the things we had built, there was the sincere, the belief was that we had been lied to. And so the imam slowly transit, he believed that it was to take us into al-Islam, Sunni Islam. And when that happened, everything fell apart. The unity, the love, the brotherhood, it, it literally fell apart. Now, to those who may be Sunni Muslims who are here, this is not a this is not a, it's nothing against that. But the nation of Islam, that brotherhood, brothers drilling, going out and going after the people, that was no longer the thrust. That was no longer the focus. And so that activity uh, so it's the activity. It's not just the word and the study. It's the activity of focusing on the mission, giving the people the focus goal. When you didn't have the goal and you're told the goal is, you know, that was then, this is now. It fell apart. Love fell apart. Think of an atom that's together and it just got fissioned. All the different particles going in different directions. There was nothing holding it together. Love was gone. That's the point. Love was gone. And so that love is a binding energy that held us together. When, the, when we knew the Honorable Elijah Muhammad was among us, it, it went away. And so we, there's a lot of disco in, a lot of butterfly collars, a lot of people just do. 
go look at that old cover, the Isley Brothers album where they're in there in, the, in those things. That's what that's what Muslims went back to. Mm-hmm. And I'll also say that they um, lost a lot of the discipline. I recently had my daughter enrolled into the Claire Muhammad School. And the thing is, so I, I, how do we say this? So I started practicing Sunni Islam in 2011. And I'm not, not with um, Imam Worf Dean, but just straight Orthodox uh, Egyptian Imam or whatever. And so I have a little bit of that foundation, so to speak. But anyhow, they more so really, really, really rock like them. They don't have the discipline that um, I thought would have been still incorporated from the Nation of Islam. And it actually led to me in disenrolling her from that school. Like she was in um, their, what's it called? Girl Scouts. I was, I was the only parents in the Girl Scouts meeting about a month and a half ago. And there was just one older sister that was there. And just, it was just very disappointing to see how the young speakers spoke to each other and that they weren't getting corrected in real time, or I'm not even sure if they were ever going to get corrected. And I didn't want to impede on the, um, on the sister's, uh, authority because she's was in her you know she's in her 60s and so I was like I just had to sit in the corner and was like wow I really don't think this is going to work out I can't I can't one I'm not going to be here every day and I can't have my daughter in here with this lack of discipline because it's going to rub off on her and then I'm having I'm going to be doing twice as much work as I need to be doing and then I had the thought of well if we if we abandon them, then they're never going to learn. So I was going to try to stick it out. But then, unfortunately, finances help make the decision for me. So I was like, well, I said, like, I love you all. And inshallah, I'll see you soon. Brother Ben, what's the final point on that final point on that sister? What you just said is critical discipline. We as a people, if you look at the atom and the thing that they said that is that why? is a magnet magnetic is because all of the atoms are lined up facing the same direction when you see the nation of islam black people in ranks the the surah called the ranging in ranks in the quran is important the ranging in ranks the discipline practice it is the constant practice of the discipline that and knowing that the brother next to you or the sister next to you has the same goal, the same mind, and we're focused. That generates the discipline, especially, but love has to be there. Love has to be there. Because if you don't have love, then you get the United States military. But when you have the love for your people and you couple that with disciplined training that follows a format and a program, then that gives you comfort it gives you the desire to self want to be a part of this and that actually gives you a state of peace inside because you no longer feel that you are alone you know that you're working towards a goal that's beneficial that's the other all of these things are parts there's it brings about a beneficial feeling of harmony and love for your people for yourself that even first you want to do more 
And you, I'm sorry, I know Brother Ben probably about to say something real fast, but I want to. Um, you were talking about love, so I got to give some love to my brother from another mother. Kiki! <laughs> <laughs> Much love to my brother who right. tried to represent RVA all day. He knows that's my hometown. No, so, so, yeah, we can. Yeah, hear so you. we can hear you. Okay, cool, brother. Uh, Munika. Yes, sir. Uh, what you have learned in Japan, um, what is that tool or what is that way for people to, uh, you know, get that, get that peace that they're looking for in a state of uh, chaos. And the reason I ask that is because there are children who are waking up due to social media, but their yes. parents is still at quote unquote sleep or they are still dysfunctional. And so we can teach the children, but when they come back home to a toxic or a chaotic environment, then that can then rub off on them. So what have you learned over there? And then what have you brothers and sisters learned just in your experience where somebody can say, hey, man, I'm in a hostile environment, but I still know how to be at peace with myself. All right. Thank you, brother. And another thing is thank you for accepting that that would be the topic because I'm the one who I said it on Instagram, so thank you for choosing to accept it. What I've learned over here, brother, is that peace is a frequency. The same way we have Wi-Fi and we have radio frequencies, it's a frequency. And most of us, when even those of us, many of us in the nation, we talk it, but we do not live our lives on the frequency of peace. It's and so because of that, we actually need practices that will help to generate peace or even just to introduce to us what peace is. And I'll give you a a simple example that everybody can use regardless. Most. okay, Every individual. Has an energy field like Brother King, can you say your aura, your aura? We all take showers, or hopefully we do. We all take showers and wash our bodies and wash our hair. But there are techniques to actually cleanse your aura that most of us as black people reject. And we reject them. First of all, we don't even know about them. Number two, when we know about them, we reject them because we, we mainly see white people do them. And so we like, anything we like turned off, like, eh, I don't nothing to do with that. But here's something very simple that you can do to cleanse your aura that I learned over here in Japan. I'm going to back up a little bit so you can see. There's something over here called kinyoku. It's called dry bathing. And so basically you set your mind, you set your intention to, before you enter your house or you enter your classroom, you literally, like you take your arm. Okay, I got to go the other way here. You take your arm and you literally just wipe, your, wipe yourself. And then you do the other arm, and then you wipe from the top shoulder, making like an X across your body. And then you either, you know, you take that and you put it aside. That's a motion called dry bathing. It remove it's to remove energetic particles, energy, te- anything that's that's not negative from yourself before you enter your house, for example. Why? Because just as our bodies emit 
um, pheromones and sweat and what our aura when we walk around every day and interact with people you actually pick up some of their energy and so most of us now we go to prayer and we do our studies but we actually have our aura our atmosphere is actually not healthy here's here's that so that's one thing you can do second thing the easiest thing i can do to give you an example you have salt and baking soda. Japanese people tend to put little mounds of salt in a dish by their front door. And some people in America do it too. Why? Salt is a natural negative energy cleanser. So what I have learned is that you can take either a, if you take a bath, go get you a bunch of salt and dump it in the bath water. Or baking soda, dump it in the bath water. Not Epsom salts. Well, you can do that too. But just salt, plain salt. Get a big batch of it, dump it in the water, and take a bath in that. That actually cleanses your energy so that you can then get out and you will actually feel more peaceful. Another thing you can do, if you don't do, um, if you don't like bath, just take a shower, put some salt or baking soda in your hand, and rub your body like you're rubbing salt. Rub your face and everything. Rinse off, then wash yourself with the soap. That process will allow you to, you will emerge from your shower by feeling more centered, more at peace than you were before. And then, of course, if you are a praying person, you could go do your prayers. And then, oh, is everyone there? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, I can't see anyone. When you do that, that actually allows you, you will feel more refreshed, centered, and grounded, and you will be, you can move about. You'll be like, man, I feel all that extra energetic stress is off of you. Those are just two simple things that I've learned from being, while I'm over here, that you can do, cost no much, it's not a big money thing, that will actually help to generate a state of peace, then you will actually enter into your family and people will be like, you seem different. You feel different. And, and that sets up that opposites attract. What is it that you're doing that makes you feel that way? Then you can start talking to about what you're studying, the teachings. You can start telling them about simple techniques like the salt or baking soda bath that will help to de-stress and once you de-stress, you're able to then think better. You're able to think through your problems clearer. Does that make, does, am I understood? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. All right, I just wanted to know if that made sense to people because I do that often. And there's a lot of our people who are very energetically sensitive. They feel, you, you know, when you walk into a room and you suddenly feel either really happy or you be like, nah, something or somebody ain't right in here. Mm-hmm. the human energetic field goes out at least maybe eight feet or so. And so you could be interacting with the energy fields of people and you're like, hmm, something ain't right here. And, uh, you don't know where it's coming from, but you got that vibe. Well, you need to cleanse your energetic field just as much as you would cleanse your body. Most people don't do that. And most black people do not know about it. And even when they do know about it, they think, oh, that's just some hokey pokey stuff that's, you know, some that, you know, white folk made up. And so they we turn it down.
But those two techniques I just gave you right there are just two simple ways to help you to be in a state of peace, while, even when things around you are not in peaceful. Indeed. Sister Marianne, what about you? What, what do you do to find that peace? Uh, for me, myself, I do continuous duas. So I do all the prayers for entering your home, leaving your home, getting in your car, going to the mosque, going to the bathroom. I just continuously pray because I know that I'm not um, able to make my five salats a day. So I'm just basically in continuous, continuing, continuing, continuous, constant prayer. <laughs> continuous <laughs> prayer. <laughs> right. I'm in constant prayer at all times because um no matter, like all throughout the day, you're going to be getting bombarded with stuff, especially, especially since we have our cell phones. There's if you and I actually don't check social media as much as I used to. I'm really not on social media that much at all uh, nowadays. But if you click on there and I've actually changed or updated a lot in the past, um, I'll say six months, I've updated everything that I follow. So it's a lot of um, information about, you know, conscious stuff. So a lot of conscious people are posting, unfortunately, a lot of the bad things that are happening all throughout the day. You know, this person was murdered. This person's apprehended unjustly. So that being an empath, that will start to weigh down on me. And I'm nowhere near the actual conflict. So um, one, keeping my usage of it um, to a minimum and just staying in constant prayer. And actually, Brother uh, Munakai, one of the sisters in my processing or orientation class actually did mention the uh, dry bathing. She didn't call it that, but she did the exact body motions and everything and uh, gave the intentions with it. And so that's crazy that you just mentioned. I wonder if she knows that that's what that is or if that's something she said it was just something that came to her. But who knows? Also, I sage. And there was this one time I went to um, an African priestess and after I had tried to clear my home of some negative energy. So when I first moved into this apartment, I was actually um, robbed <laughs> from one of my neighbors. Like one of my neighbors came into my apartment and stole my money. Right. I like I know which neighbor did it or whatever. And I was like, wow, that's really, really crazy. And. Unfortunately, I think his mother had some type of animosity towards me because I wouldn't allow him to help move in my things. And it was like, I don't know you all. I'm just moving in. This was back in 2018. I'm just moving in. So, no, I don't want your son's help because I don't know you all. So I can't have him in my home. But anyhow. So many people ask me, Brother Ben X, man, how do I know that you're going live? How do I know when you're producing a podcast? And I saw you also just made a hundred in $30,000 in two days. Well, there's a way that you guys can get informed from us via text message. All you have to do is text 50K to 210-504-4094, and we'll give you more information with free game, and we'll let you guys know how we made $130,000 in two days. Text the word 50K to 210-504-4094. We'll give you updates, notifications, and let you guys know how we made 130000 in two days. Peace. I could feel it was just my, there was so much negative energy in my home. I got some sage and I, and I tried to release. So I just watched a video on YouTube. Got to get your information where you can. And I tried to clear the energy in my home. And so I just sent it out. And so 
probably about three months later, I was in a little five points talking to this African priestess and I was telling her what I did. And I was like, yeah, but it kind of seemed like the energy came back. I don't know. Like it was gone for a while. And she was like, well, where did you send it? I was like, out of the window. And she was like, well, no. So you, you had the windows open and you sent it out the window. You didn't send it anywhere. You just sent it outside. So she was like, yeah, it came back in. I was like, wow, you have to be um, very specific when trying to cleanse your home with sage. And you have to basically send all negative energy back to where it came from. I was trying to, and I asked her if I could send it back with love. <laughs> she said, no, send it back with the same energy that it was sent to you. And I was like, okay, true facts. If they're trying to do harm to me and make me depressed or whatever, they have to then, you know, reap what they sow. My bad. Brother Cam, what about you? Uh, for me, brother, I try to uh, focus my mind as much as possible on positive things. And um, the dry bathing technique is something that I'm new to uh, hearing, but it's definitely something that I want to you know, take into practice with the salt and things of that nature. Um, but what Sister was saying was very important, that constant prayer, even if you're not able to go into full salat, things of that nature, Stay, staying constantly in prayer, in remembrance of Allah, allows you to protect your energy. One of the things that Minister Sharif uh, teaches us in our ministry classes, especially when you get ready to go before the people uh, and speak, is about protecting your spirit uh, and protecting your energy. So, and constantly feeding on the word of Allah, constantly um, listening to his man, the Messiah, and I miss the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. So, us uh, always having a lecture going or listening to something that's going to be positive and allow me to stay productive. So as Sis mentioned on social media, cleaning up a lot of the social media, making sure that there's something on there, whether it's about business, entrepreneurship, marketing, digital marketing, the teachers, you know, something that is going to allow me to continue to be productive uh, throughout the day, constantly reading either as the study guys or one of the, or one of the books by the most honorable Elijah Muhammad or from the honorable Mr. Louis Farrakhan. So just constantly keeping my mind in a exercising mode of taking in knowledge itself, constant remembrance of Allah. And also too taking that time out for family because in the study guide, it deals with that struggle for balance. So of course with the amount of study, um, that a lot of us do, especially when you are using your platform to create these type of discussions and to engage the people, the 85% who don't know, it can be off, it can cause you to be off balance. So also, you know, balancing that time out with family activities, uh, family studies, watching a movie, going out, having fun. There's a picture of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan at the Soul Circus. That's on social media right now that a lot of people uh, have been posted and reposted and things of that nature. And even with the weighty mission that he has on his shoulders and the, and the work that he's been doing for the past 64 years, he still finds time to have some fun and to laugh because all of that is part of our, our nature as human beings. And it allows us to be able to be more effective and be more productive in the role and in the work that we're doing, 
uh, if we go ahead and balance a lot of these things out. So those those a lot of things that I like to do. Yes, sir. Brother Let ben. me. Uh, yeah, yes, sir. Um, there's something. Um, the, the brother, sister Miriam and brother King Cam. She said really quickly. Sister Miriam brought it up that cleaning up your social media. Mm. There's a from 2014 when brother Mike Brown was killed. That, for lack of a better term, for me was a guidepost, a signpost that I knew a certain time period we were in, and I was one of those people who would post a lot of the current events and you know this brother got shot this situation happened i was one of those people and my um work companion said to me that you're bringing the negative energy in and i used to say well we gotta focus this keyword you gotta focus on the problem Mm. one of the things that people do why they have so much chaos around is they quote focus on the problem that's a good point Many of us think, and this is the one of the tricks that was done to us, that we have to focus on the problem. No, that is actually, that sends out a, a message to the universe to bring more of that negativity to you. When you focus on the solution, there's a saying, which, you know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. But if you only focus on the darkness that you see around you, you only see the darkness. When you focus on the light you and make that your goal, then you can get to the light. So I don't – so even though I'm aware of and I do talk about the situation, this brother – this police jack happened over here. You focus on, okay, what's the solution? Brother Ben, you have done a remarkable job. Allah has blessed you to do a remarkable job at doing that. Even when so-and-so, this situation happened, you focus on the solution rather than regurgitating just the problem. Or you mention the problem briefly and you get to solutions. And that, dear brother, is one thing that many of us do not do. And I'm grateful for Sister Miriam and Brother King Cam for mentioning it. We have to be intentional in focusing on the solution. Okay, that's a problem. What's the answer to it? What can I do to contribute? If I can't say something positive, then I don't say it. I don't post or repost all the stuff. If you look at my Facebook, it's got some, you know, okay, the weather may be bad over here. But it's also things about energetic medicine and diet and things of that that can, how can I say, re-energize or increase the vibration. If more of us as oppressed people focus our hearts and minds on the solution instead of just looking at only the problem, that would be helpful. And the reason people do that is because it's addictive. Mm. There is, it is psychologically addictive to focus on the problem, whatever problem that is. Even if you're an environmentalist and you see an environmental problem and you focus on the problem, there's an addictive quality to it that actually it seems strange to focus on the solution. Solution doesn't seem like it has as much emotional power as focusing on the problem and that is one reason why youtubers instagrammers and so much 
about so much negativity is because it is actually psychologically addictive. That's why you can't get people to focus on the solutions. Solutions don't have don't sound like it has much stimulating weight. So focusing on the solution is one way. Uh-oh. Hope we didn't oh, lose. Man. Hope we didn't lose the brother. No, he was saying. But I like what he was saying, me. man, because he, he spoke about, oh, it looked like he's coming back in. Let me see something. All right, one second. Let me get this one. Remove. Boom. Oh, okay, you back in oh. now. Oh, thank you. Sorry. That, I, I'm about to finish. So, so that's one reason why your platform is very important, Brother Ben. Keep doing what you're doing. But for those of whoever else is listening, if you focus on the solution, you will find your own energetic vibration start to change. Negative people will actually go, start drifting away from you and people with positive ideas will suddenly start coming out of the woodwork. That is one way to be in peace and chaos is because you start thinking out about and focusing on the solutions to the problems and watch the problem solutions start coming to you. You know what's funny? I, uh, a couple of years ago, I did a video and it was about mental gentrification. And you know how when white folks or whoever the case may be come to our neighborhoods and they rate and they raise the value. So by nature, we begin to fall off because we can't afford it. I said, that's how we should be. Instead of waiting till January and talk about my New Year's resolution is I'm cutting everybody off. How about you just elevate yourself? And the more you elevate yourself, those who are not able to be with you or on that frequency anyway, they're going to fall off anyway. And uh, when you speak about. You know, we're always saying focus on the problem. We know that what you focus on grows. What you give energy, right. to, energy to grows. There was a story about a, 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 a son and a father, and uh, the father was telling him that he had two wolves on the inside. And he said, well, father, how do you know which one is going to win? He said, the one that you feed. So a lot of us are feeding the negativity. We're wondering why I keep having these bad things happen to me. My mind is always on me being broke. So you're wondering why abundance isn't coming to you. I'm not saying it's going to be some abracadabra. You're going to get it necessarily tomorrow. But when you're thinking positive, you're going to attract certain people into your lives. And if that's on your mind, then you will see God sending these type of people and these type of thoughts to your mind. There was a brother who told me one time, he said, after we pray, he said it's good for us to meditate and listen to what God is responding. Some of us ask for certain things and we say we want certain things to happen, but we never sit down and, and, and think about, OK, how is he responding? And when certain people bring us information or certain people are put in our lives, we are in focusing on his answer. So we miss that he has already brought us the answer. So I see you got something on it. I know you want to touch on that. I am literally striving to calm, keep myself calm <laughs> because something that I was taught is that, okay, I got this problem. I need the solution. I pray to God. I invoke the ancestors, whatever. Please send me the answer. I have all, I was taught. Now, after you pray, I intend, please help me to recognize, mm. see, and hear the answer that you send, almighty God, Allah. Or, who, or whatever you believe in. Mm -hmm. So I have always taught my students and anyone who's ever come to me, 
pray for number one pray for what you want ask but you must at the same time ask to be for your mind to see hear accept and receive the answer that it is sent in whatever form it comes because the answer we all have how we would like the answer to come but god don't work that way it don't work that way the answer you seek could come from someone it could come through a song it come through a radio broadcast Mm -hmm. you could pick up the newspaper and be reading an article about sports and a sentence in there is actually the answer to the problem that you're thinking the the sports writer didn't 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 think about that when he was writing the article but you have to after you like you just said after you ask for the answer you must deliberately with intention set your mind in receptive mode to to recognize and receive the answer most of us including muslims in the nation of islam do not do that and that is why the answers that are sent we miss them Mm. because we always pray but we never say help me to recognize and receive and accept the very answers that you send i mean it's literally making extra work for god that's that's that we are making extra work for god by us not even being receptive to his answer if i need water and i have the top clothes please give me water but the but the cap is on Take the cap off. This is our ears. This is our eyes. This is our mind. Put ourselves in receptive mode. That is why in Muslim prayer, we pray like this with our hands in receptive mode. That's to train our mind. Ask and then be ready to, to receive. receive. Right. That's right. 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 And, uh, I, I, I want to kind of jump in real quick because uh, so many things came to mind just in this dialogue, uh, but one of the heavy, heaviest things that came to mind was the importance of self-improvement because all of these things are indicative upon us improving self, us improving our listening skills, us improving our ability to be receptive. So when you talk about the addictive nature of the YouTube conscious culture it's because we lack the ability to want to be receptive to other people's ideas that are different from ours. It is addictive piranha culture to continue to try to tear each other down instead of build each other up. So we talk about the self-improvement and how you can, and how to work on your, uh, your reflectiveness and listening for the God to answer those prayers, then you will start to see the progress that you work with, that you, that you have within yourself, because you start to go and you start to grow and to develop. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said that everything in creation is on an evolutionary path to eventual perfection. Mm-hmm. So that means you have to always be in growth mode. You're constantly growing. Anything that isn't growing is not alive. It's Dying. dead. Yeah. So if you are in a dead state of mind, then you cannot be growing, meaning you cannot be reaching your full potential and you're not working on any of the self-improvement skills that's going to allow you to be a better person, first in your home, 
with your family, then in your community, and then to your people. So, you know, staying or finding peace within the chaos goes into the seeking refuge in Allah. And the prayer that we have as Muslims that talks about uh, or ask seeking, uh, that we seek refuge in Allah from cowardliness and niggardliness. We seek refuge in Allah for the lack of strength and laziness. You know, we seek refuge in Allah from the overpowering of debt and the oppression of men. You know, and ask that Allah suffice me with thou that which is lawful to keep us away from what is prohibited. So this is how we able to stay in a peaceful aura or atmosphere throughout the chaos because we were the foundation of Islam is what allows us to be ready for this type of chaos. We in our DNA are genetically coded for this this specific time in history. Brother Ben is here for this specific time in history because of his genetic code being able to keep the peace throughout this type of chaos. See, everybody's not built for this. Uh-huh. Everybody's not built for this, but there are certain individuals that are already genetically inclined to the teachers of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan that's going to be able to push into existence the kingdom of God and the will of Allah. Let me so ask before that I let allows you go, that, sis- that, that peace to come on. Yes, sir. Before I let you go, Sister uh, uh, Marianne, I want to ask y'all how much work needs to put be put in for us to get this peace? Because, you know, our teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad or in the Nation of Islam, many people have the misconception that, oh, they just bring, blame everything on the white man or they just blame everything on the devil. And we know in, uh, in the elevation of the teachings, that's not what it was. He gave us this teaching so that we can understand who the enemy is and was. Uh, and he wanted us to not mock them. He just wanted us to understand what we're looking at. So I think sometimes we get to blaming other people or blaming other cultures. And we know that the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said that the white man is not the problem. He said it's the fear of the white man that's the problem. See, and if they are grafted from us, they're only a manifestation of the lower characteristics of ourselves. So how much work do we have to put in as individuals and how important is it for us to constantly keep our mind studied on something peaceful? Because for me, I think a lot of situations, it allows me to be calm because we have the weekly study groups. So we have a system that we already going. So on Monday class, I'm being re-energized. On Wednesday, I'm being re-energized. On Friday, I'm being re-energized. On Sunday, I'm being re-energized. And I think if we had a system like that of our own, like you said, our minds be so messed up because every time I'm scrolling, it's something negative. Somebody else done died. We got to protest about something else. Somebody got AIDS. Somebody got cancer. So we have to we have to detach from that social media because everybody is sharing breaking news. But hell, the breaking news most of the time is bad news. So you got to get into your study and get into your affirmations. You got to get into accomplishing your dream. And I think in living in our purpose, that's a part of the piece as well. Because if I get up every day, man, and I'm going to a job I don't want to go at, uh, go to, I'm looking at people I don't want to look at, I'm doing things, man, I don't want to do, that's going to cause me to be uh, uh, at a dis-ease. 
going to have a disease or I'm not going to be at peace in life. And I think true contentment is what heaven really is. But we have to get that. We already know in the mind. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that heaven and hell are not two physical places. These are conditions of the mind. And I think that heaven represents that peace. But in order to represent, in order for us to get that peace, we got to destroy the negative things in our mind, not just the negative people, not just having a negative balance in your bank account, but having negative thoughts in our mind. So how do we kill the negative thoughts that's in our mind? Because I can come and give you the study guides. Or I can come and say, hey, you're a beautiful sister or, hey, man, you're a beautiful brother or you're a sharp brother. But if in your mind you have this doubt in this mind, your mama has told you you ain't going to be nothing or your daddy done told you you ain't going to be nothing. Or somebody told you you're not able to accomplish the thing that you want to accomplish and you believe these things. How, you know, how, how do I remove these things out of my mind? If if I come give you a good word, you're going to reject it because of your own beliefs. If that makes sense, if you kind of understood my question. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and I'll try to keep it somewhat succinct because you said a lot and I can speak a lot on that. But within um, seeing the the devil within the brown germ, you have to realize that what's, with, with, what's within you can destroy you. So I want to touch on the brown germ and what um, Brother King Cam was saying about um, the conscious community. I want to tie back into that because we're trying to be productive with any type of organization, even within our beautiful nation. We have to continuously realize that um, we're not going to always see eye to eye and that we need to settle on the best parts. Like, you know, the minister said, Mr. Louis Farrakhan says, settle on the best part of the believers. So we as black people within our community need to settle on the best part of one another in order to be productive and to move forward having positive discourse and having constructive criticism, like what is your purpose for when you are responding to something in within the conscious community? Is it to tear your brother down? Is it to tear your sister down? Or is it to give some positive criticism in order to correct something so then they can actually move forward within forward with the mission? Um, and going back to that brown germ, you have to you have to recognize that because that when you respond to someone negatively, that's that brown germ being activated and you allowing that brown germ to take dominance. You have to it's those constant doers, constant prayer like that's what that's what comes into play. Saying like, "Ooh, I almost said something real negative. But what is that going to do? Like what? What purpose is that going to serve? None at all. Oh, it's going to do nothing but negativity. So let me not do that. Actually, so now let me think a little bit. Now, how can I approach this in a different way? So that was my take on that. Man, let me ask you guys this. Do anybody in the comment section have a question? Or do anybody in the comment section have a want to call in? If you want to call in, let me know. And I'll put the uh, I'll put the number. But before we do that, let me play a clip from the minister uh, speaking about how to get peace. Check this out. Intelligent people have to learn that other people have terms for peace. We just can't say we're going to be at peace with Caucasian people just because. We should be at peace. Suddenly we should have peace. But on what terms? 
If you want us to be the same old slave that 50 years of gone with the wind depicted, that is gone with the wind. We can't go back to that posture anymore. We are not Hattie McDaniel. We are not Butterfly McQueen. Though those are our sisters. We can't play that kind of role anymore. Time, the God of time, and the nature of the time will not permit us to play that kind of role. We just can't go back to being tall. Can we, brothers and sisters? We can't go back to the buck dancing, foot shuffling, head bowing, knees scratching. We, we can't go back to those kind of days. We have to move ahead now as intelligent people to carve out a destiny for ourselves. We have terms mm. upon which peace can be made. Mm, turn. We are already making peace with our Creator. Now we know how to make peace with Him, submit to do His will. Mm. But now, if to make peace with white America means to submit to do your will. Uh-uh, wait, 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 wait a minute. Okay, I want to stop it right there, man, because that's a very great point that the minister is talking about. Because when we speak about peace, you know, we may think, oh, well, I, I can just be peaceful with everybody. And that's not always the case. And uh, I like how he said there's terms, you know, that has to be standards of which we agree upon having this peace. And uh, I think a, a great way for us to establish peace is by establishing norms that we agree to have peace on. What do you mean by that, Brother Ben? Brother Malik Muhammad, who brought me into the Nation of Islam, made a great point. He said he has a business. He says, I don't fire nobody. He says, if, if you get fired, I didn't fire you. What he means is we have policies and procedures. If you go against these policies and procedures, you fired yourself. So when anything happens and you get fired, it's not no, it's not emotional. It's not well. I, well, I don't like. No, you went against what we agreed upon. So I think to establish peace, we must establish first the terms. We must establish first the policies and procedures that we are agreeing upon. So if anything changes, you know why we don't have peace here and we know how to get back on peace because we came to peace on something. What y'all, what y'all think about that? I agree. You all go first because I can talk. I can talk. So I'm letting you all go first. <laughs> Thank you, brother. We're we uh, certainly the sister, sister. The, the god the god is here, Sister Marianne, named after Mother Mary. So you go first, sister, please. Right. Oh no, I'm gonna because uh, <laughs> I'm over here joking. I'm gonna let my brother go. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I agree. King Cam can't hear. Yeah, I, can you hear me? Yeah, I can. I can hear him. Oh, I can't hear him. You really can't. I can hear. Him. I cannot. 
Say something, Brother Cam. Yes, sir. Can you hear me now? I can't hear him. Wow, that's great. I can hear him. We broke. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Try to go out and come back in. Okay. Um, go ahead, Brother Cam. Okay, yes, sir. Uh, to your point, it kind of goes to what you were speaking about earlier when um, people were talking about getting on code, right? How do we get on code? Well, again, establishing those norms and a way to treat each other, a foundational way that we all should want to be treated, which should be treat one another as we would like for ourselves to be treated, is a norm that we can put into practice that will allow us to establish that peace, the terms that establish the peace. Treat your brother with respect. respect. Treat our women with respect. Treat yourself with respect, which allows the community to be in peace. This is why in the nation of Islam, we have the restricted laws of Islam, because the restrictive laws of Islam allow there to be peace within the community as long as these laws are in place. So as we go out and we are with our brothers and sisters, if we establish these terms of peace, and establish these terms in which the way we deal with one another, then it will automatically bring about the peace. See, the reason why the community and America as a whole is in the position that it's in or in the circumstances that it's in the situation is because of the lack of rules when it comes to dealing with people and the proper handling of people. Oh, one second, because, one second, one second, man! They done, they done, pa- they done stop my YouTube stream. Hold on. Wow, look at that boy! How how long has it been stopped? Uh, I just checked it, so they said they. I guess it just happened. Let me. Uh, wow. Do part do part two. Man, ain't that something? Yeah, this is getting good, man. They like, they like, they like the show. Somebody said, somebody said we need to have this pound every week, brother Ben. I feel hopefully you're still recording because, like, you have a great content and everything, but like panel discussions like this is ways to draw. Like, I don't know, I don't know. Have a, maybe another angle for what you do because you know you're bringing in the people and this kind of discussion. I would love this kind of discussion, and I've every time you do it, I'm always enjoy your content and these kind of things, brother. So if that's <laughs> you think about it, but hey, this is a good one in yes, my sir. opinion. Not I'm on it. Yeah, we uh <laughs> we back live. We should be back live now. Hopefully, we can get them back on. I know somebody wanted to call in. I was just about to give them the number actually. But go ahead, fit is what you were saying. Yes, sir. Uh, so what I was saying was establishing. Can y'all hear me? Mm-hmm. Okay. So establishing those terms uh, outside of our outside of just within outside of just the nation, but going out into our community. And this is why the ten thousand fillers is so important because a lot of people get caught up on being a registered member of the Nation of Islam, and the things that we do are only for registered members. No. When you come in and you volunteer, you become a part of the 10,000 fillers. 
or you establish your own chapter in your city that does not have a 10,000 fillers, but you want to set up conflict resolution centers in your community. You want to set up community patrol. You want to do something and get active in your community. These are some of the ways that you can go about establishing peace when you go out to the to the community to try to engage those that are making a menace in the neighborhoods. Because, see, the minister said he was looking for 10,000 fearless men to go out and stand in between the guns and the violence. Okay? So in order to do that, you have to go out there with the objective and terms in which you want to lay down to those brothers and sisters and say, this is how we're going to establish peace in our neighborhoods and in our communities to make them a safe and decent place to live. So when you talk about the terms, and it's almost like the laws of Mayotte that aren't specific to just um, one specific uh, group or organization of people, but this is the code of conduct that we're going to have anytime we engage in one another. It's very, very important because it gives us a guideline in which, in which where we can stay and which that we can fall back on when we deal with one another, which allows us to be peace. Hey, listen, man. I respect you. You respect me. We keep that mutual respect and we're going to keep the peace no matter what the conversation is, no matter what the circumstances or the situation that's happening. We got to set a guidelines that we're going to go by that we're not going to go outside of that will allow us to continue to stay in peace for harmony as we discuss different issues, as we talk about different things from different schools of thought, as we tackle certain issues, become solution based and give our own solutions based on what we think and what we may believe that'll work, but it still allows us to stay peaceful at the same time. So I believe establishing those norms that Brother Benek said is very, very important because a lot of the time we don't know how we don't know how to treat one another. We get we don't know how to deal with mixed feelings of controversy. So we lash back out. We want to expose this brother. We want to expose this sister. You understand that ego gets into play. That jealousy and envy comes up in us. So it's a constant, it's a constant self-improvement analysis and self-improvement workout that we have to be doing within ourselves because the minister said all these things are natural. But if you don't know how to master them, then they master you and then they control the conduct in which you deal with your brother. In scripture, it says, how could you love God whom you never seen, but hate your brother whom you see every day? So this is why the minister is telling us. We have to love more. We have to be ambassadors of love, as uh, student minister Sharif said, because that is what's going to allow us to get into the self-improvement mode and stay consciously dedicated to improving ourselves on an everyday basis. Yes, sir. I want to talk. Um, I want to touch on brother was uh, speaking a lot about basically black to black relationships and us. Well, we navigate, and, and I know... One second, one second. Let, let, let's take this call. Peace, what's your name and where you calling from? Welcome to the Brother Ben X Show. Hey, little brother. This is Frank calling from Miami again. I had to cut out for a minute. I had to take a shower, brother. Good evening. How you doing? How you doing? What's your thoughts on this show? Alhamdulillah. You were asking for peace. Is that right? Absolutely. <laughs> Well, you know, it seems like you already, you and this lovely group with you this evening have already found out, you know, the path of peace with Minister Farrakhan. And I think the issue is now how do we spread? <laughs> how do we share? 
and um, how do we make it alive? And, brother, you have been such a wonderful example. All of us, all of you uh, sharing this evening have just been beautiful. Your smiles are beautiful, and just appreciate you all so much. I've been keeping up with little brother Ben X for a couple years now, and the, the growth is phenomenal. So um, we found a way. And now we want to show everyone else the way. And the way is to do it by example, clean glass versus dirty glass, and then a whole lot of patience. A mm. whole lot of patience. Yes, sir. And a whole lot of love, brother, like what was mentioned earlier. Let, let, us, uh, let me ask you, have you ever been in a state of not being at peace? What, what did, you, did you find out or locate the reasoning for not being at that peace, and what did you do? To establish peace. Well, I was, you know, I, I, the beautiful sister was um, speaking earlier, and she was talking about something called zikr in Arabic, where you are constantly in remembrance of Allah or God or the one who's giving you breathing, basically, and who's beating your heart and things like that. And so that in itself can translate into a love affair. And I was um, sharing with the brother today in the park while I was taking my uh, daily walk. You know, David said, I make my bed in hell, and behold, thou art there. So the meaning behind that is this. You have your situation, and then you have your love affair with the Almighty. And, you know, depending on which one you feed, where you pour your energy, that's what becomes your reality. So David said, okay, I've made my bed in hell, but hold on now, my background and my relationship, the way it's set up is that, look, God is there, and I'm in, still in communion uh, with the Almighty. So that's one way. That's the way of love, as Osha would call it. Indeed. Indeed. Do you have any questions for any of the brother or sisters, uh, sisters, uh, sister on the panel? You know, I've just been listening and taking it all in. I don't have that much background with the NOI, except I went last um, Sunday, actually, and I, it was just so fascinating watching how uh, all the brothers moved decently and in order, and it's just, it was so warm, um, so welcoming. Uh, Brother Derek in uh, Miami, number 29, just, just, a, just, a, just a bright star. He reminded me so much of you, Brother Ben. And I just felt so good there. And so I just, I know Farrakhan is moving everyone in the right direction. It's every, getting everyone else to move. <laughs> like the brother was talking about the magnet. I mean, you need participation um, for this project to work. Absolutely. Well, I thank you for calling in and, and being a longtime supporter. Hey, listen, family, if you want to learn how to Build your own banking system. Yes, I said it. Build your own banking system. We have a wonderful course, over 30 lessons, 25 hours of content that also comes with a 268-page textbook. Yes, textbook that's going to teach you how to build your own private banking system with your family. And let me tell you something. You don't have to be rich in order to do it. Inside of this, go to privatebankingblueprint.com, privatebankingblueprint.com, and we're going to show you exactly how you can build your own private banking system for your family. Guess what? Say buy the credit. Say buy the debt. I'm going to show you how to do it with our private banking blueprint.
See you there. PrivateBankingBlueprint.com. Oh, brother, it's my pleasure. And, you know, if you can allow me just a few more moments. Go ahead. There is another path that's more comfortable for males. Um, the female is more comfortable with the love affair way. But for males who want to find peace, you have to understand that the center is always virgin. It's always untouched. Meaning you always have a place of refuge within because Allah stays in peace and you are peace at your core. So you can always see things, objects, feelings, emotions separate from yourself. Mm, absolutely. Okay, brother? Yes, sir. Any questions, comments, concerns? I'm here for you, brother. I'm here for all of us, brother. I love you. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. No, I appreciate well, it, man. Uh, we, we, uh, we just took it all in. We took it all in. I know it's a lot, but you, you are the most prepared of anybody um, available. All praise due to Allah. Our brother minister, uh, uh, Farrakhan, has done, and Elijah Muhammad, and just the beauty of what he's done and the nation that he's built and resurrected is just fascinating to, uh, to watch. So, Absolutely. Well, uh, continue to please watch, so the, uh, please continue to watch the show. And uh, if you can, I know you got some friends and family out there that you can share the video with. They may, you, you never know, they may not be at peace, and this video may bring them peace. Inshallah, we need all the peace we can get at this time. Absolutely. Well, all right, thank you for calling in. Thank you, brother. Stay on the path. I love you all. Bye-bye now. Indeed. Peace. Love you too, yeah. sir. Love you too, sir. All right, bye-bye. It is, I want to say one quick thing for what he said, because he's talking about... Um, how much beauty that he sees and the growth in everything within the nation. But I want to make uh, the point that just because in the near future, things may seem to be awry, keep your eye on the light. If you focus and look for the light, then you, you will see that everything is not as dismal as it may seem. So for someone like him, who's not in the nation and may start to see things look a little... I just want you to know, keep your eye on the light, keep your ears open for truth, and keep your head in your Quran. Since you mentioned Dicker, I'm sure you are a Muslim. And so, Assalamualaikum. That brother. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point, you know, because so many people join organizations or join the Nation of Islam in particular, and they think everything is perfect, or they think we're all perfect. When we came out of hell, like the minister said, just like they did. And, uh, you know, you have those of those people who look at us as if we're too clean when that's definitely not the case. He said, Brother Jabril spoke about sometime how some people say, well, I'm too clean to come in. I'm going to get myself together first. Then I'm going to come. He said, that's like saying you're going to take a bath, then get in the shower. No, this is the cleaning <laughs> process. This is the shower. We're all being cleaned up. And like he said, like the minister said, in our submission to the will of God, that's where our peace comes from, you know. That's where our the uh, brother Malik broke it down like a fulcrum. See, when you got that on that balance wheel, see, life may have you like this, but if you just submit your will to do the will of God, He's able to move that fulcrum and have you looking so balanced. So it looks and it appears because we so at peace that we ain't going through anything, but we may be going through more than what you're going through. So I think it's our submission to the will of God that's going to be very important. And we have to check our motive. 
the minister definitely talked about motive and I'm glad he did this video because you have those who are going to come in and think, oh, I love the brotherhood. Oh, I love the teachings. And you're expecting something. But if you expecting just a brotherhood or if you expecting just security, then you coming in for the wrong reason. You got to come in because you believe in this. You got to come in because you believe in the mission, because when a captain piss you off, when a student uh, captain piss you off, when a minister piss you off, you have to remember why you came. You didn't come because of them. You right, came because right, you believe on. that Allah appeared in the person of Master Father Muhammad, that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad is the Christ, and that they left a divine warning in God in our midst today. And I think that is the best way that we can stay grounded by knowing what our purpose is. Is my purpose just be loved by everybody? Because if that is the case, then you can go be loved by anybody. You can, you can go be loved by somebody outside of the nation of Islam. But you got to really embody these teachings, I believe, to be able to really withhold some of the things that you were going to go through. The minister said he went through jealousy. The minister said he went through envy. The minister said he'd been poisoned. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad has been poisoned. So we have to keep in mind that if we follow in, in his footsteps, then we too may go through the same thing. In fact, yes. if we follow in Christ, we should go through the same thing. Because in the right. scripture, it says that you're going to be hated on, lied on, persecuted for my name's sake. So right. once we begin to pick up our cross and follow him, we're going to go through those same exact things. But if we keep submission on our mind and we keep God on our mind, that's how we're going to end up being protected in the end. Brother, uh, I, I see you, brother, with your hand raised. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Try to be respectful. Um, two points. Thank the brother who called in. And the first part, though, is that about the nation of Islam. I, uh, I, it was said to me like this. And this is not, I didn't, this is the way it was said to me. You know, the nation of Islam is a hospital. That's right. Where you come to get it. But I, 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 people don't process that. What do you see when you go to the hospital? Crossing. Sick Patience. people. Sick. Yeah, sick. sick people. Sick people. So, but the point is, in the hospital is where the medicine is to get well. Mm. So, so. You say, brother, sister, say, man, the world is sick. You, okay, great. You just said water is wet. Fine. Okay, those Nation of Islam folk or your church or your wherever, wherever you think is the solution. Well, let's talk about the Nation of Islam. Okay, you say it's, it's the hospital. You come to get well and you walk in, I believe, and you run into what? Sick, sick people. people. <laughs> right. So it's like, man, I, if I wanted sick people, I could stay outside. Mm. True. But in the house, in the hospital is where the medicine, medicine. is. Good point. So do you, so you can stay out there and be around the sick people and get coughed on or you can come to the hospital and you're going to get coughed on. But at least in the hospital, there are the doctors there with the medicine to clear, to cure the illness. So That's you're going to, so you're going to run you gonna run to the sickness wherever you go. This is the question: Do you, where do you where do you want the sickness to reach you at? And um, that last point is that um, what the brother said, and what brother Ben X is bringing out about being in submission to the will of Allah. The thing that you learn if you when you're over in Japan or even down there in Atlanta, where brother King Cam is, you know, there's something about those hurricanes and typhoons. If you notice those typhoons and the hurricanes when they come through. It's big wind and chaos and destruction, but at the center, at the center, is peaceful. The eye of the storm. Wow. And what most of us 
forget is and what the whole point of a being at peace while in the middle of chaos is if you move toward the center if you move towards the eye that is where the peace is mm. that is the whole Come on. concept of submission to the will of god when you as a muslim put your head down and bow in prostration and prayer or just make your duas or you're reading the quran or as sister miriam says you're in constant prayer you are constantly seeking the center because a hurricane it's revolving it's going around and around which is the life circumstances you're in it could be financial difficulty could be your relationship difficulty, job difficulty. But when you seek the center and keep at the center, staying in constant prayer, constant fasting, staying in self-improvement, acknowledging that, you know what, I may not, I don't feel so peaceful at this moment. Oh, Allah, help me to restore my center, restore my Mm. peace. When you do that, you then move from the outer bands of the storm of life to the center. That's where the peace is. That is why you can walk around. You may be stressed, about to get a divorce, et cetera, et cetera. People look at you. Why are you smiling? Because I'm at peace, bro. I am in the center of the storm right now. And, and there's, that, there's a meme out there of the Honorable Louis Farrakhan. It says when you got the government on you, hypocrites, poison cancer how you walk out when you got all this on you and the minister's walking out that smile that smile you know walking out that smile it's a meme that's up and i know maybe someone has it but it's a it's a picture perfect example of when you got all that pressure on you and you able to walk out to greet the people and you're pleasant and you're smiling why because when you're at the center of the storm when you're immersed and covered in the god you don't feel you the storm is circling around you, but the storm doesn't affect you. That full armor of God, brother. That full oh. armor of God. That's what he's talking about. Yes, so, sir. Yes, sir. Let me let me let me I'm about to ask y'all a quick question and just to camel back off what you're saying, the minister said don't duck the difficulty. He said, face the difficulty. And we know that the Quran talks about after difficulty comes ease, because many of us try to run from it. He said run to it. Because yes, if you do, if you run away from it, you will never get acquainted with that which God wanted you to get acquainted with. Now, I have a question for you guys. Uh, I, I think it's a, a, a great question. A sister said, Sister Victoria, actually, she says, uh, what's the point of doing good if everyone has to go through difficulty? And if after difficulty comes ease. Is that only for those who are believers? Is that only for those who submit? So basically she's saying, if, if, if I got to go, if, if we got to go through difficulty as believers and we doing right and the evil people going through difficulty and they going to get their ease after difficulty as well. What is the point of being good? If we have to still go through chaos and still go through difficulty, what's your thoughts on that? Who wants to take that first? <laughs> I'll say my piece. I'll say my piece on it real fast. Um, a lot of people, most people that are um, well-to-do or 
successful in most people's eyes have have a lot of money. A lot of them don't have peace. So mm. just because they're going through, say, financial difficulties at one moment and then like they get like all their money or whatever, they tend to either get into um, issues with the government, sex. I mean, like they're doing evil things. Like it's going to catch up with you. Like you can't escape it. So regardless of what you put out, it's what you're going to get back. So, yeah, we're all going to go through the difficulty. But in the end, we are going to have our peace. They usually don't end, end with peace. They usually die from cancer, long suffering stuff, which is great. She said, great. which is great. Which is great. Which is great. <laughs> <laughs> um, go ahead. Yeah, I want to go ahead and touch on it just uh, really quickly. When you look at when you look at that, there's a difference between the believer, obviously, uh, a disbeliever and a hypocrite, right? So those of us who go through all of those persons are going to go through different trials. But when you look at the hypocrite, the hypocrite is going to never come out of pe- out of out of his trial because he was one or she was one who didn't know the truth, heard the truth, and now disbelieves the truth. And the Quran tells us what that severe chastisement is that's in store for them, the hypocrite. But now you have the disbeliever who has not yet heard the truth. So even though they are doing bad things, they have not heard the truth yet. That will allow them the opportunity to change. So they now, when they go through their trials, then they have that, they have the uh, ability to have the ease afterwards because they are now going through trials in a righteous way in that process of growth and on that evolutionary path to eventual perfection. You understand what I'm saying? So you have those different um, scenarios that are playing itself out, but it also says that Did he freeze? Yeah, I think he done I think he done froze up. It also says Yeah, what it sound was great. Trying to stop his guy. <laughs> I know, but 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 his eyes are open. His eyes are open. So that, that's the thing. They they stopped him when his eyes are open. That's the thing. <laughs> you know my my uh my thoughts on that situation though, as far as what's the point of being good, um, I think it's a great question, and I think it's a a a, a reason why a lot of people decide not to submit to righteousness because they feel like, well, well, what's the point? Especially when we say there's no heaven or hell after we die. Mm-hmm. I always, well, what's the point of living right there? What's the point of being good? And my answer to that is really the same concept. Uh, well, God is, you know, you, you, you are being put into heaven. You know, not heaven necessarily in the sky, but you having, you having true peace. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said you can't really get true peace until or unless you submit your will to do the will of God. So like you said, sister, it may appear that they get peace. It may appear that they're not lacking get anything, but you can't see what's going on on the inside. That center that the brother was talking about, that true center that the brother was talking about is where God is. He's at that heart. He's at that core. And uh, I think that's very important for us to understand and not get off track thinking that when I'm going through trials and that God is not supposed to take me through any trials because we have to remember that these trials is made to purify us. We have to remember that these trials is able or 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 um, uh, meant to 
uh, show show forth and bring up out of us that which we didn't know was in us, so we can look at it and see it and perfect it to bring us closer to the you know the perfection and the peace that we're looking for. But brother, can you go ahead? Oh yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, I don't know. My computer messed up, so I'm I'm back now. But uh, like I was saying again, when you uh, enjoin in truth and do good unto those uh, do good unto others, you have your reward with thy Lord. So as you were saying, those of us who believe now we have those trials that we're going through so we can become our eventual perfected selves so we can have come up out of us that which the God has deposited into us. So that's why we do good. We do good because we want our reward from thy Lord. Those who don't do that on a conscious level, not the ones that disbelieve because they haven't heard the truth, but the ones that have heard the truth and still choose to consciously do bad, those ones are not, they have a severe chastisement. So to answer Sister Victoria's question directly, we do good because the Quran promises us our reward with that Lord if we do so. So that is to answer her question directly, but more so um, to get to a, the solution base, as uh, Brother had mentioned on the call, and he was saying, well, he, he sees what we have been able to, to develop uh, in the Nation of Islam and uh, through the guidance of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. But now how do we spread it out? We spread it out by being on post. We spread it out by taking these, this teaching and making it a lifestyle of ours. So when we go out and we be that example, we be that clean glass next to a dirty glass, then those who are watching us, because the streets is always watching, those who are watching us now, they see like, mm, this brother is not just a gimmick or this, not, or this brother not just saying assalamu alaikum just to say it, but he's actually living this and putting the teachings into practice. So one thing about Brother Ben that's so magnetic and another thing that Minister Ishmael mentioned to us when he was in Atlanta is that your righteousness is what allows the people to become attracted to us. So Brother Ben in his righteousness and in his ability to showcase the teachers as a lifestyle and the um, the product of putting the teachers into practice is but uh, is attractive to those people who now are looking at us for guidance, looking at the nation, looking at the minister for that divine guidance that Allah has given to us. As the scripture said, it would be, would be revealed unto many people. So when it's revealed unto babes, now we have that distinct duty. We're duty bound to teach civilization to the uncivilized. So this is this is what we have to do. And uh, and as we continue to do this work, because that's why it's it's so important that people see in the work. As they more the, the more and more they see the work, and more and more Allah is putting the circumstances in play where they're gonna say, "Wow, these people are not just talking." but they are actually delivering on that which the people need and what is going to bring them out of the hell or the darkness that America is slowly falling into, which is complete and total darkness. I'd like to um, as, like to add on to these. Um, thank you very much. Is that we say that we, we use the expression, put the clean glass next to the dirty glass. What's the point of doing good? The point is this. The Quran says it like this. If you're going through something difficult, you know that the disbeliever or the other people are going through it as well. You got family problems. They got family problems. The difference is 
you and I or the believers have access to a place of refuge. And okay, let, let me easy way, easy example. If it's raining outside and it's just raining, you got some people who are over there who have no like awning, like a like an awning over them, and you got some people who have an awning over them. Which one would you rather be? Because you're gonna get the wa- water's falling. Would you rather have a place mm-hmm. of refuge that can protect you from the rain? Or would you rather be exposed to the rain? Because the rain is going to ca- fall. And in the study guides of the Honorable, Elijah, of the Honorable Lewis Farquhar, it mentions an ark. I forget which study guide it's in. I believe maybe study guide number three. It says that an ark, like Noah's ark, but we think of an ark as the ship, but the, an ark is also an awning or a place of protection. So even though the rain has to fall because the rain nourishes the ground and it brings up the fruit afterwards. But no one wants to get wet. The difficulties and the struggle to do good, the struggle to do good brings about a benefit because it brings about moral, it builds spiritual muscles. And most of us, and that's it, when spiritual muscles, let's face it, when you hear about moral muscles or spiritual muscles, let's, let's keep it real. That sounds hokey and that sounds... Yeah, there's nothing important about that. But question, would you rather if you, would you rather be around a person that you know you could leave your wallet somewhere and they will not touch it or would you rather be or would you rather be constantly worried about everything all the time? I personally would like to know that I could drop my wallet in a room of people and I finally find it and everything that's in my wallet is in it. So if I want to be around those kind of people, how do you contribute to making that happen? You have to be that type of person. So you can't expect, well, I I don't, I'll change if they get, they act together. No, you (laughs) start with yourself. I, you know what, sir, here's your wallet. I found it on the ground and I was waiting for you to come back. Oh, thank you so much. Bam. You just brought light into that person's life and so and so what you have to understand is why should you do good because you want people to do good to you you want people to do good for you and and it's a struggle in a world that's contrary but when you actually strive to do the good you develop a muscle that other people don't have as the saying goes everyone wants to Everyone wants to be at the top of the mountain, but no one wants to go through the training, the hard training at the bottom of the mountain to develop the muscles that will permit you to climb the mountain. But everybody want to get on top. That's not how this works. That is not how this works. We have to be the example. And here's another reason why you do good. When you live the principles of goodness, you are able to carry a moral and spiritual authority that people, when they see you and feel you, they will feel the presence of God emanating from you. They'll be like, "Man, I'm so stressed out, but I saw, but I saw brother, I saw brother King Cam come through, and I don't know why, but I just knew my day was gonna be better. I don't know why, when I saw him or saw brother Ben or sister Miriam, I felt better. Why? Because when you carry yourself in a moral, upright fashion." you actually generate an energy of a high vibration and you become 
a high vibrational force like this tuning fork I have in my hand. And you walk around vibrating peace and happiness to people and they become, wow, I want to be like them. That's why you do good when you, even though, that's why you do good. Yes, sir. And- Oh, you about to go? You about to add? I was going to say I was going to add to that um, because I I appreciate you mentioning my name and saying that you know you will emanate that good spiritual God energy because the devil or we want to say the devil, the enemy, <laughs> <laughs> the enemy, and I I mean the enemy can look like you as well, but the enemy will feel that energy and want to bring that down. And that has recently happened to me. And what I had to realize, um, it was a trial and I almost fled away from it. But I realized, oh, if I flee now, it's just going to meet me later. So even with keeping your energy and continuously doing good, you have to fight that, but fight it goodly. So just, you know, say, even if you recognize a person who means harm to you, not physical harm, but want to see you fail You say, oh, that's all right. I'm going to still just pour goodness into you because if you start to have that negative uh, energy within you because you know that they have negative energy towards you, then you're going to eventually become negative. Don't ever do that. If they, if you know that somebody has it will either stay away from them or just and continue to just put good energy out constantly. <laughs> I know the so. Malcolm Flexman. I don't want to speak, but um, sister, I'm sorry, brother Ben, but what she's talking about is the get for those of you who are listening. Get the article. All opposition to the truth will be destroyed by the honorable minister Louis Farrakhan because that very principle that Sister Miriam talks about is written at the beginning. He says that as your light shines. There will be some people who are attracted to you for because they generally want to learn, want to grow and are attracted to your light. But there will be some people who are attracted to you for nefarious purposes. In other words, as your light shines, you're going to be attracted to good and the bad will come. The bad ones want to eat your light and feed on you like a parasite. The good ones will want to come, learn, shine, grow, etc. So you can't run away from, or if you do, you're just going to run into it later. So pardon me, brother. Go ahead. But see, this is just a tease. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> undebatable. Undebatable. I mean, undebatable. I, I mean, just, just I, I mean, it's just undebatable. Let's bring in my brother Malcolm Flex. I see you meeting. Malcolm Flex. Go ahead Please, and intu- go ahead and introduce yourself, brother. And and I don't know if you heard the question. Did you hear the question? Um, you can repeat it for me again. I did hear it, but I was, you know, busy trying to get my laptop and stuff together. Yeah, so the question is if uh what's the point of us doing good if we're all gonna go through trials and go through difficulty? What's the point of even being good? Especially those of us, you know, from our teaching where we say, Hey, ain't no ain't no heaven and hell after we die. You know, some of us feel like, Well, I'm gonna just get my reward in heaven. So if we're right. going through difficulty, if we gotta go through these struggles, what's the point of being good? That's the question. Right. Yes, sir. Um, first, I would like to open in the name of Allah, who appeared to us in the person of Master Far Muhammad. I also bear witness that the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad is his last and greatest messenger and exalted Christ. And I also bear witness that the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan's divine warner, teacher, and guide in our midst. And I would like to greet my brothers and sister with the greeting words of peace. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum, sir. Yes. Um, 
One thing that we, we, we should understand is that, you know, in the, in the world as wicked as the world that we live in today, because we are living in Satan's world, we need good to balance the, the evil, you know, cause there's, there's a lot of evil and wicked in this world. And we know that there have been individuals in this world who've done a lot of things that were unbecoming to themselves to get where they are now. So when when people ask the question, like the question was asked, you know, why should we do good if we are going to struggle? Then that means nine times out of ten that that individual covets what those wicked people have. And the scripture teaches us to not covet what the wicked has. What what you know what I mean? Come on. So so we have to understand, like I believe someone already said it on the panel, but I repeat it, that struggle is ordained. So when we take the Honorable Minister Lewis Farrakhan as an example, you know, this is a man who's ha- who has great influence in the world, but not because of he 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 does things underhandedly, you know, um, not because he's trying to be slick about anything is because he has taken the hard road, right? And the hard, the, the, the being righteous is a hard thing to do. You know what I mean? So, so you, you, you will feel better about going to work, you know, and making a living, you know what I'm saying? By earning your money the right way, then you will feel going out slanging drugs or going out, pimping and prostituting you you know you will feel that what you receive is well earned because you work hard for what you receive and a lot of people who who get the stuff easy you know they don't respect it as much as those who worked hard for what they received you know so we shouldn't covet what um what the wicked people got because we don't know um how, but what they did to get what they got. Right. See, now we have to understand what character is. You know, character is not what you do in front of people. Character is what you do when nobody is looking, mm. you know? So that goes to show what type of person you are. If you are not willing to bend a break and uh, compromise on your principles and your morals when nobody is looking, because if you can, if you can stand firm and stay firm when nobody is looking, you know, then you can do great things in the in, in in front of millions of people. You know what I mean? So we should never covet and want what evil people got, and we should never copy and repeat what they did to get what they got because what was meant what was not meant for you was not meant for you, and what was meant for you, Allah will bless you with abundantly. You know what I mean? So we should never be envious or covetous. Of, of what other people have. But if we want to see great things in life and not have to compromise our integrity, then we should work hard for those things that we want in life. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. We about to put the number in one more time. No, no. If anybody would like to call in and, and, and talk with us, if anybody would like to call in and ask us a question, the number is now in there. And uh, while we're waiting, we're going to play a little bit more of the minister, uh, this video called How to Get Peace. What is your will for us? 
What do you desire for us as black people? What would make you happy with us? How do you like to see us? White people oftentimes are comfortable with a black man who has no self-identity. He wants to be you. She wants to be you. She blondes her hair and buys blue eyes. And she goes to class. He goes to class and he wants to be as white as you. Which he can never do. So he will act other than himself to gain your friendship. But that's not peace on proper terms. That's peace on terms that you be the master. And he continues in the role of a subservient human being. Time has dictated, brothers and sisters, that those kind of terms will not work. So today they say there's a new Negro. There's a new black political man on the horizon. Look at what has happened. We have a governor now, possibly, in Virginia. We have a black mayor, possibly, in New York. We have a black mayor in Seattle, Washington, in Cleveland, Ohio. And black people naturally are proud. This is wonderful. This, some say, is progress. And if you read the papers, they say, this is the new black man. This is the new politician who can go across racial lines and produce racial harmony. And so the press, as they write of our brothers, they say they are wonderful. You see, they can get elected without stirring up old passions. They can get elected because they know how to appeal to white people without upsetting people. See? We, we white people will vote for a black person if he doesn't upset us. You don't have a name for religion, but you have principles. Mm. You have laws and teachings that leads to that which the world seeks. And the world is seeking peace. Peace is mentioned throughout the Bible. The Old and New Testament as the way of God. Peace. This peace becomes the salvation of all the prophets and the teaching of all the prophets. Jesus offered peace. And that was the greeting that he gave. Peace be with you. When he met his disciples, what did he say? Peace be with you. When he left his disciples, what did he say? Later, baby. <laughs> you know he didn't say that. He said, peace be with you. How do you say that in Aramaic? As-salamu alaykum. As-salamu alaykum. 
Salam alaikum. And you should start practicing, whether you are Christian or Muslim. You say it in English to your fellow Christian believer, peace be with you. Not, hey baby, how you doing? Hey, hey, hey. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> It's hard if you're really sincere to get funk and filth out of peace. Mm. Peace be with you. That means I'm not coming to disturb your peace. peace. I don't come doing anything that would disturb your peace. I offer you peace. And you return the greeting to me even better than I gave it to you because that's the objective of a Muslim you offer me peace I'll offer you peace and the blessings of Allah meaning that I'm not gonna let you outdo me in righteousness you offer me peace I offer you peace and then blessing isn't that wonderful practice that if you're in a gang peace brother and all of you are brothers offer each other peace brother don't ever smoke your brother you know what I mean smoke I mean <laughs> that's your brother peace brother how do we obtain peace boy that's the thing mm, here we go it's what we want but the question is how do you get it mm-mm I'm almost finished. Allah says in the Quran, He made the human being complete yet incomplete. Mm. And wherever there's incompletion, there is a need. And wherever there's a need, there then is a need for security. Uh oh. So you know what the word Muslim implies? When you say, I am a Muslim, you're saying, I am at peace, for I am secure, because I have surrendered my will mm, to, do, to the will. do the will of him who has the power to grant all my needs. Do you know what that does? That frees you completely from domination by any other human being. You can't dominate me with my need for money. You can't punk me. You can't frighten me into doing what you threaten me with. What kind of threat will you threaten me with? Farrakhan, if you don't do this, we'll kill you. Well. Hmm. If it pleases Allah, you will. Wow. But if it don't please Allah, watch out. You may be the one. Hmm. Watch out. All right, guys, you can unmute yourselves. I want to touch on something uh, that, that came to my mind. What came to my mind is with the last example he gave that if you kill me, well, if it's the will of Allah, Basically, I ain't tripping. So a Muslim is one who submits their will 
to do the will of God. Jesus in scripture said, right. not my will be done, but thy will be done. So how I'm interpreting that is the way that we stay at peace at all times. We know that Allah has an active and permissive will. So we have to realize that, hey, we can't have all these expectations. I list, I, what is your will? My will ain't to be a mortar tree. That may be something I want to be, but my will is to do the will of God and whatever he wants for me. And we know he wants us to have money, good homes, friendship of all walks of life. So we know that it, it ain't his will for us to be broke. But in certain situations in our lives, we have to accept and be willing to accept what he wants us to have. And as long as we are in his will, whatever happens, we know that's a part of his will. I'm all always at peace because my only will was to submit to his will anyway. And I think that's important. What y'all think about that? Mel, oh, 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 sister oh, first. Let's oh, sister, sister first. Sister first. Sister first. Um, you know, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's true. And I agree with submitting my will. And I do, I submit my will to um, do the will of Allah, but to just say it, so blanketly mm, what is the um, real yeah exactly because we are born with desires mm-hmm. and so that's something that i battle on a constant basis um being an actress and being a creator it's like well this is my passion and i know that now my purpose is to do it for a lot and for the um beautification of my nation and of islam but I'm also being pulled in the direction of ministry. But it's like, that was never something that I wanted. And I'm still trying to figure out, well, is that something that I want? Or is that something that Allah wants? Or is that something that I'm perceiving that Allah wants? Because so many other people are telling me this is what I'm supposed to do. Um, So it's not as simple as one may think. I actually didn't have a solution. I was just... Yeah, let's let's talk about that. I think I think we should talk about that because I actually say that all the time. A Muslim is one who submits their will to do the will of God. But what is the will of God? If we lay out those steps, what would those what would those be? Go ahead, brother. This is a perfect example because I went through the same thing. Um, in two thousand, um, I'm as I'm giving my way to answer the sister's question because. I had a desire in 2006 to return home from Japan because I had, did not have any friends. I had no family. This I was not on social media back then. And so I desired to return home because I really wanted to be among my people. I want to be in the U.S. dealing with building, going to the mosque, going to study group, etc. And I had a moment where I actually was crying. I cried. And Allah guided me to a little corner of a building. And I was literally standing there like this, crying, where no one could see me. And in that moment, Allah spoke to me. And he said, quote, you are released from your obligation to serve me in Japan. You will can go home and I will continue to help your family and protect you, protect them. No questions asked. You, your, your obligation to me is paid. But I'm asking you to stay in Japan. 
I'm asking you. Now, now check this now. My quote-unquote military service or obligation, he released me, and then he just asked me. Mm. And at, and I had that moment. I said, you know what? Allah, and I, this is my thoughts. I said, Allah, you're my best friend. You're my only friend. And my friend is asking me to do him a favor. And I said, Allah, as much as I want to go back to the U.S. and be among my people, I will stay. I willingly choose to stay here for you with no rancor, no bitterness, nothing. I accept your to stay here. And he said this to me, he said, because you decided to put aside your personal desire for me, I choose, I will help your family and take care of them for you. And then something happened. I moved out of the city I was in to another city. I got involved with doing Hawaiian hula. I learned and I met more people and brought and it brought about a new start in my life. So when you want to know what Allah's will is for you, because every one of us, he has what he wants is something different. Even with other people saying what they think, take it aside and get quiet. And like we said, oh, Allah, help me to recognize what it is that you would want me to do. And help me, and help me to recognize your answer when you send it directly. I don't want. I want to be unambiguous that this is your answer. Mm. You have to. You have to say the words with your mouth. And I advise all of my students: get into a room where you're by yourself, no one around. Turn off your cell phone and speak to Allah. Not if you want to. Pr- not prayer. Not prayer. Like the way we are talking right now, even though there's no one else physically in the room, but you speak to the God like you're talking to a friend who's in the room with you. Mm. And then just get quiet and listen. And that is how, and listen for the inside and then feel it. And then watch the answer. If you like, you know what, you're meant to go into the ministry, then you'll, then he'll make it so that you Get the message. You go into ministry. Or he'll make it, you know what? I want you to go into the ministry, but do it in a securitist route. Maybe your acting will be your style of ministry. Mm. When you take certain roles that showcase that elevated black woman. And when you go for your auditions and you'll be like, you know what? That role is unattractive because that does not elevate me. And they'll be like, well, well, we, you think, we think you're better. Write a better role a quality role and therefore the roles will become more elevated so your ministry could, could I mean, this is just this is just a tossing it out kind of thing there's any way that a law can handle it but ask him to show you the way and then listen for him to ask that is my advice to everybody get into a room where you're quiet man no one else around turn off all the electronics and then just open your mouth and vocalize don't keep it inside your head thinking it vocalize that you're asking because that sends energetic vibration and if you are a believer there is no such thing as asking Allah with your mouth something and not getting the answer 
this universe, Master Farad Muhammad came to give us money, franchise, all walks of life. He gives everything. So there's no such thing as a believer asking and not getting the answer. It's just that are we in receptive mode? Mm. That's what we, we have to be in the receptive mode to hear the answer. And then we also have to have the mindset. I choose to ex. I choose to accept whatever the God sends. Regard. I, that's a conscious decision. When you do that, you align yourself up in a way that you will find things flowing. It's like I, I never expected to be here, but God has guided me to this location. That's my answer. Yes, sir. I seen Sister Mary. I know that look. So. I know that touched you, <laughs> so go ahead and, and and let us know what's on your mind. <laughs> That's why I had to change the screen for a second. Um, you know what, brother? Um, Munikai, Uh, that actually, it. Oh my God, that I mean, that really kind of happened. Um, in somewhat of a way, I didn't, I didn't do it that way, but I have been asking him, and. That was the thought process. Well, Mariam, because, okay, so I'm in a show right now. The show is Friday. This is upcoming Friday. And so I've had to take off um, practice from drill. I'm not going to be able to go to ministry class on Thursday because, you know, we're we're in tech week. But I realized um, about a couple of weeks ago, I was thinking about not covering my hair because a sister had gave me some advice Um maybe about six months ago that as an actress, since it's a, a, a job. The sister froze. Or did I freeze? Okay. She's back. She's back. Okay. Um, I don't know. I'll just start back where I was saying. So like a couple of months ago, a sister was like, you don't have to cover your hair while you're um, acting because you know, you're taking on different roles or whatever. And so I took that, didn't really let it marinate for a while. Like I just took it and was like, oh, okay, I guess she's right. I'll, um, I probably won't cover my hair. But at that point in time, I wasn't in any show or anything. I wasn't really doing anything. And then the show came about and I was at rehearsal um, a couple of weeks ago and I decided, okay, well, I'm not going to wear my drape scarf because I'm not, well, in one scene, I'm not going to wear my drape scarf because there's two scenes that I'm in. And one is a mother-daughter scene where I'm playing myself with my daughter. So I'll have my drape scarf on. The next scene, I won't. And so I took my drape scarf off in practice and during rehearsal. And I didn't really let it weigh on me. I took it off and was like, Okay, cool. And then I put it back on when it was time for me to leave and I went straight to ministry class. Oh, Allah is beautiful because it was actually the same day as ministry class. And um, student minister Sharif, um, you know, was giving us beautiful direction. And at the end of that ministry class, I asked him because it was weighing on me. And I was like, man, should I have done that? Shouldn't shouldn't I continue to showcase the beauty of covering, like I, I talk about that on my podcast, but why would I not do implement that as an actress? So I was really battling that. And he told me, no, keep your hair covered. If you want to wear your town, wear your tam. If you do not, if you don't do it, who is going to do it? Thank you. And I was like, wow, you're right. Silly me. That should have been obvious. Mm-hmm. So 
I'm going to continue to use the ministry in my way of implementing things into film, theater, and stick with ministry class because I need the teachings and just it feeds my soul as well. Thank you for those words. Praise be to dear, dear, dear sister, dear I, sister. I think Brother Cam done went to sleep. <laughs> my no. Brother went to sleep. Uh, 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 you're, muted, you're muted, brother. You're muted. But dear sister, never another. Here's another way to move in peace while in the chaos. Net, what you went through, you had to go through it because it was a lesson in it. Mm. There was a lesson in it. Now, for example, then you, you can and never think of yourself as silly me. Mm-hmm. That's not that as a believer, as a black woman, God, the second self of God, that was not silly. You were in the valley of decision and you had an experience and we all have these. So never think yourself as silly me. You have the experience. Now you can come back, reinforce, you know, wear your tam. That can become your signature look, for example, for example. Mm. So so that could become your signature look. Your hair is still covered. But you're still, quote unquote, able to act. So let us never, even through our trials and tribulations, when we, quote unquote, man, I wish I hadn't have done that. What is a law? OK, a law. What did you see in that for myself? That's another way to move in peace because we don't make our own thoughts depressing to ourselves. Mm, man, I messed up. Did you mess up or did a law permit it? Active and permissive will. Come on. He permitted it. For you to learn a lesson, now you can come back and maybe there'll be some other sisters coming up and acting who will go through the same thing. And you will have the experience to say, sister, here's how you can maintain your Islam and still be in acting or whatever. So give yourself uplifting credit, dear sister. That's just from your brother. Yes, sir. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Praise be to Allah. Brother Cam, I oh, see you unmuted yourself. Yes, sir. Uh, and just to uh, camel back off of uh, what brother was saying, um, Sister Nilam is a perfect example of that. Exactly. Uh, never compromise uh, yourself or your Islam um, because this is what Master Father Muhammad came to make us into. He came to make us into brand new people. He came to make us the best people to ever be on the planet earth to take us and to create us into gods so your godship is part your head covering is part of your godship so don't ever feel like that you need to not have that uh in order to get it um in this world because doing doing what allah has given to us doing what the honorable minister louis farrakhan has given to us is what is going to allow us to be successful as he said the restrictive laws and our righteousness is our success but i also want to lift some of the words uh, of the minister from uh, study guide and in study guide number three where it's talking about overcoming difficulty and in the letter the minister is talking about the prophets and it says the lives of the prophets will cause us to see the ups and downs the ebb and flow of our lives when we are committed to a very consequential mission this knowledge will not permit us to give up because of a temporary setback. Like the prophets, we will press on knowing that the bitterness we taste in every setback is temporary and will be removed by the sweetness of the taste of the ultimate victory over all opponents to the rise of black people. So there is that 
there is that trial that we're going to come into at least once a year with the Quran says, but knowing that we're going to be winners and taste the sweetness of victory at the end is what we look forward to. The truth that Allah God revealed to us for our resurrection and the resurrection of the righteous will be established. So the will of Allah will be established. And how do you know that what you're doing is the will of God? Well, it's tied to the mission. The minister said that the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, the will of Allah was tied up in his mission to deliver all people. Mm. And then he needed a helper to help deliver a people because he was given the hardest job ever of any man to ever walk the planet earth. So then he needed a helper. So now you have to look at what is the mission. Well, when we come into the nation of Islam as an FOI, as an MGT, we are given our sole purpose as an FOI. Our sole purpose is to deliver the 30 to 40 million dead to the Lamb of God. That is the mission. It didn't say the uh the 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 um the the optional purpose it said the sole purpose of the FOI meaning it's not to go and work on somebody else's job it's not to go and, and do this and do that the sole purpose of an FOI is to deliver the dead and you de- deliver the That's dead right. through whatever your gifts and talents that Allah has given you so whatever it is that your ministry is whether it's through arts in uh, in entertainment or whether it's through teaching or whether it's through speaking or video or radio or whatever it it, it is, it is all for the mission, which is to deliver the dead to the Lamb of God, which is the will of God, which is to resurrect the black man and black woman that's dead in North America. So that is the goal and that is the purpose. And And that's the mission. And that's how we know that we're right on track because we fall right in accord to that, and also, I want to lift uh, a verse from James uh, chapter 4, uh, verse 7, when uh, Sister was talking about how sometimes Satan can creep in. And when he creeps in, then it, uh, it allows us to become depressed and things of that nature. But we also we have to remember this where it says in verse 7, submit yourselves then to God and resist the devil and he will flee from you. Mm. See? Hey, family, listen, I know COVID has messed up some of our vision and some of us, our vision for our family and our future looks a little blurry, but we want to help bring the vision back to 2020. We want you to be able to see the success and everything that you plan for 2020 to be. We want to help bring that vision back. So we have a crazy bundle for you going into Black Friday. This bundle, we got Purpose to Profit, which is a full course that's going to teach you how to turn your purpose into a product and that product into a profitable business, six-figure business from scratch. We're going to teach you how to turn your purpose into a product. We're going to teach you how to market, how to scale, how to productize. We're going to teach you how to test. We're going to teach you how to package this product so that you can be able to take it into the marketplace to be able to do great things. Not only with that bundle, you're also going to get Private Banking Blueprint where we teach you how to build your own banking system. Yes, you heard me, your own banking system. And guess what? Guess what? It's only going to be for $368. Yes, you heard it. $368. You're going to get an actual physical copy of the textbook of Private Banking Blueprint. All of that course together for $368 all the way up until Black Friday. If you want to move on that bundle, go to visionbundle.com. Visionbundle.com and take action today. So understanding that if we resist 
the devil, if we resist the temptations, if we resist that pull from the outside world, the outside forces, then what is going to happen is the devil is going to flee from you because brother Ben lifted this verse earlier today or this concept earlier today where the Quran says in the end, Satan will say that he only he had no power over you, mm-hmm. but that he had called you and you came. Yep. Uh-huh. See, uh-huh. see. So Satan really has no power over none of us, uh-huh. but he just calls us with temptation. He calls us with money. Mm. He calls us with women. He calls us with likes on Instagram. He calls us with views on YouTube. You see what I'm saying? He calls us, and then we answer him. And then he got us. So if we stay yeah. steadfast in the righteousness, stay steadfast in the mission, then we'll stay steadfast in peace during the chaos and we'll be able to stay right in line with the will of God. Man, hold on. It's fire. It's, it's dynamite. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? And that shit just a baboon. Man, I'm finna put this, I'm finna put this on you, boy. Okay. That brother start to Preaching, man. I got to put the organ on, man. Oh, All praises do to a lot. <laughs> Brother Malcolm Flex, man, what's your thoughts on this? Brother, you killing me with the mileage. <laughs> oh, we in the house. All right. Um, All praises do to a lot. All, all uh-huh. answers. I see them numbers jumping up. <laughs> <laughs> see them numbers jumping up. <laughs> Oh, all wonderful answers, all wonderful answers. And, I, you know, just what I what I took from the Honorable Minister Lewis Farrakhan based on my own experiences, you know, I, I, I live by two concepts, you know, that Allah is the source of strength and peace is secured by strength, you know, and that's how you are able to navigate through chaos, because as a FOI, you know, we move in many different spaces. You know, we, you know, we, we, we among, uh, gangs and hostile territories. You know, we, we're doing, you know, um, crowd control, you know, and we stepping in between the gangs and the guns between black people and, 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 and law enforcement, you know, celebrities and fans and just all type of weird situations. And and I've learned that that you know peace is always secured by strength, not just strength in numbers, because that has, that also plays a factor. But it's also a strength in character, strength in faith, strength in brotherhood, strength in sisterhood. You can translate it to strength in the home, strength in the nation, strength at work. You know what I mean? You know so. From basically, from my understanding, is you know, peace is secured by strength. You know, you have to be strong, you know, to be able again to navigate through the chaos, you know, because um, it's like you know, you can be you can be a, a, a white belt or or or, or 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 a purple belt, and you step on a mat with a, a, a brown belt or or a black belt, you know, but if you are confident and have and, and have faith in who you are and Allah created you, then that that black belt can be uh, can be symbolized as an adversity. But you will never know that you can whoop that black belt or 
quote unquote, adversity unless you go out and you give it a try. You know what I mean? But you have to be confident in who you are and, 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 and you have to have a peace of mind. <laughs> you, you can't be scared. You have to be fearless like the Honorable Minister Lewis Farrakhan teaches us about the 10,000 fearless, those who are not afraid to stand in between the gangs and the guns. You know, but the only way for you to have that type of faith or that type of strength is to know that Allah is the source of strength. So for to be able to secure peace, you have to recognize that Allah is that sort of strength that we are trying to plug into. And we can't uh, forget um, to go to Allah during the times of adversity. We can't leave him out. We have to always keep Allah at the forefront of our minds because he will allow us to meet and overcome our obstacles. So that's what I wanted to say on that point. Absolutely, man. Uh, we, we, we pushing up into two hours and 30 minutes, family. Mm-hmm. So uh, I know, I know brother King Cam trying to hold it in over there. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's, uh, let's end off with a closing words, man. Let's, let's try to get on the schedule, man, and keep this going. I think this is very productive. Uh, I think this shows a great balance. I don't see too many young people mixed with the elders and just seeing us come together with positive situations like that. We see the debates. We see the going back and forth, but having a unified message where we all just talking about our, you know, our uh, our experiences and the teachings. I think this is something unique that we are going to be able to build. So I would love to do this every week. You know, twice a week, three times a week, how, you know, however many times we can do it. But I think the people really enjoy this. So uh, we're going to end off with closing words. Okay. May I be the first to go because I have to depart and go to work. Yes, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Giving praise and thanks to Almighty God, Allah, who came in the person of Master Farad Muhammad, to whom all praise is due forever, for the most honorable Elijah Muhammad and the honorable Louis Farrakhan. You know, we would not be here if it wasn't for Allah, the, message, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, and Minister Farrakhan. But each one of us has our gifts. Brother Ben X, his gift is this platform, his social media, his skills. And that brought us together for this discussion. Ladies and gentlemen, whatever is your goal in life, whatever is your desire, weigh that against the will of God or whoever you believe in, man. You know, if you don't say, I don't believe in God, weigh it against your conscience. What is your goal? What can you do to contribute to peace? Because the more you do what you can to contribute to the peace of people around you, then that will bring back peace to you. And the energy of peace is much stronger and more valuable and more useful than the energy of war. The clouds you see in the sky are moving peacefully. You don't hear no noise coming from them. Those flowers you like to look at are peaceful. They beautify. And peaceful people, when you have peace in your heart, that is what generates peace. And so, and then what you do when you have peace inside you, you make people peaceful all around you. And that's how you change your circumstances. So I am... Brother, no, not to try to give a pl- well, give a plug. I am your brother in the East, brother Manikai Daoud Muhammad. I am on Instagram, Facebook, and if you want to know more about my our energy healing businesses, reach out to me. I am professional Reiki master, and I'm in Japan. And I want to hear knowing your brother in the East wants to know and hear from you at once. 
Yes, sir. Thank you, brother. Assalamualaikum. Waalaikum salam. All right, let's go to uh, Brother Cam. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, again, I would like to thank you, Brother Ben, for uh, your platform, brother, and allowing us to come together on the platform to have this dialogue and have this conversation. Uh, and again, the people uh, seem to thoroughly enjoy it. I, I was enriched and refreshed. As uh, Brother Student Mr. Nuri said, uh, our spiritual recharge centers, you know, as we would like our homes to be our spiritual recharge centers, study groups should be your spiritual recharge centers. So as we go out throughout the week and we have our aura affected, we have our energy affected by those that have negative vibes and negative thoughts and things of that nature. As we go into study groups and get into our class and develop this online study group and this online panel, you know, it's going to recharge us so that we can uh, be more effective the next go around and continue to be uh, productive. And as it pertains to the topic uh, tonight as uh, maintaining peace uh, throughout chaos, you know, we have to be aware. Uh, We have to have self-awareness, but most importantly, self improvement, which is the basis for community development, what is going to allow us to develop ourselves into the proper people. Brother Ben was touching on this earlier uh, about how the minister broke down the cross and broke down the vertical line and the horizontal line and how the horizontal line represented death, how it represented your, your lower morals and your lower desires. Well, what does the vertical line mean, Brother King Cam? The vertical line mean based on what the minister told us was life, your spiritual life, coming up into a higher consciousness, developing your spiritual uh, awareness and developing your spiritual consciousness where that you could come up from a horizontal plane into a living perpendicular. Well, in order for you to move into a living perpendicular, you have to feed on that which is living, which is the word of God. In scripture, it says, in the beginning was the word and the word was God. You understand? Then the word had to become flesh. So now not only do we must be hearers of the word, but we must be doers of the word. And as we become doers of the word, specifically in the nation of Islam, in the way of our devotion, it will allow us to maintain peace in this chaos. So again, I thank you, Brother Penex. I thank you all, uh, fellow panel uh, members, Brother Malcolm Flex. Uh, our brother from the East, Sister Mariam. It was beautiful, beautiful, and I can't wait to do this again. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Brother Malcolm Flex. All praises is due to Allah, Brother Ben X. I would like to thank you, dear brother, for allowing your brother once again to come on your platform. And I would also like to thank our distinguished guest um for joining us as well i apologize that your brother came on late i was taking care um of some business but um i would like to encourage any brothers and sisters who have never been to a nation of islam meeting before and uh and they like what they heard tonight and um and they would like to learn more to reach out to brother ben x you know, um, or you can reach out to myself at uh, MalcolmFlex19 at gmail.com if you would like to f- figure out a location where Muhammad's Mosque is located to where you can attend a Sunday meeting or a potential 
uh, Wednesday or Friday study group if you would like to learn more. And um, so, and that's all I would like to say. And I, again, I thank you all and I appreciate you all for having me. Assalamualaikum. Brother, uh, I mean, Sister uh, Marianne. Um, I would like to say that um, mentioning on peace, in order to navigate through this life and to continue to bring peace around you and be peace, then you have to navigate yourself with bravery, steadfastness and kindness, Um, bravery, being smart. Don't go into situations that are unnecessary that can cause you harm, but do challenge, do face your obstacles and your trials with bravery. So then you can get on the other side of that. Stay in constant prayer, be steadfast, know that Allah will get you through any and everything that he puts in front of you, because that's what he says. And kindness, be love. If you are love, matter of fact, there's a prayer, there's a dua when you go to the mosque, you're supposed to ask Allah, Allah, put above me light, put beneath me light, put behind me light, put in front of me light, put beside me light, put on the other side of me light, and put within me light so I may be light and so I may give out light. I literally strive to say that every, just throughout the day because you want to be light in order to create light around you. So I leave you that with peace, love, and inshallah, you got some clarity. And that's it. Assalamualaikum. Well, I definitely thank you all for uh, joining and being a part of this podcast. It's definitely an honor to have those of you who are willing to not only uh, be in the Nation of Islam, but be out front, man, and not scared to represent uh, the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and let the people know uh, the beauty of the teachings uh, and what the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan has done for us um, in the Nation of Islam. So I definitely uh, want to do this again. Sister Marion, we're going to have to get you on the Defending Farrakhan group, uh, the Facebook group, if you're not already in there, because that's okay. where they found that link. So um, I don't know if we friends on Facebook. I don't think we, we are. If we are, I don't be saying. I've been blocked, so I don't even need to know him. But we got to get you in that Farrakhan. I probably didn't friend you because um, I think you don't have enough. I don't think you I don't think you're able to friend anyone because you have over 5,000, right? No, I no, I, I think I've been, uh, I think I've been adding people. So I think, I think we can add each other. Okay. Yeah, we should be, but we got to get you in that group. So whenever we go live and come up with topics, we can make this happen. But, uh, for those who are listening, you guys can listen to this audio in the future at brother Ben X podcast on my podcast show. Um, and you know, we're going to be doing a lot of collaborations and of course it's late at night. So we didn't have too many people call in, but eventually we want to be able to do it earlier so that people can call in and so you can talk to people uh, who's in the Nation of Islam, who's went through experiences. And we'll have other people on the panels as well. So with that being said, y'all have a blacktastic day. And assalamu alaikum to you all. Wa alaikum salam. Wa alaikum salam, God. All right, peace.